Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn related show on the planet Earth, the John Cabe Show. Coming to you from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, as Rob continues to forget to mute his laptop, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies and movie news, TV and streaming, and all sorts of good stuff, and joining us over here. In case I forgot, he made sure his, his laptop told me. Robert Meyer Burnett is here. Robert, how you doing? I apologize for that. I thought it was muted. I was looking at our chat, seeing who's here. And By the <laughs> way, can I just say that it is Washington State Day today. What does that mean? Uh, there, the, It's the incorporation of when Washington became a state. Oh. And that is my home state. I, I, I'm celebrating. That's right. Seattle, Washington is your hometown. Home, uh, hometown. And I did not know this. I heard this on uh, the drive-in today. I didn't know there was a Washington State Day. Well, happy Washington State Day to Ooh. all of our friends in Seattle and all of the great state of Washington. Joining us right over here, the biggest advocate for the state of Washington oh gosh, is Chris it. Carr. Chris, how you doing? You know, I had a rough start to the day. Uh, Trico, my terrier, decided that he should both pee and poop on top of my Roomba. Ooh. So we're just off to the races over here. Because Gimli probably said, I bet you can't do it. Probably. Because that sounds like a, that sounds a dare, like a dare. Yeah. Yeah, wow. more than anything else. <laughs> That's actually kind of clever. Yeah, right? it is. Six pounds of chaos. Living his best life. <laughs> Sitting over here as well, joining you guys in the live chat today. He'll be chatting up with you guys who are watching us live. Mr. Ray Orr is here. Ray, how you doing? Did you take pics of that? <laughs> of the dog poop? The poop? No, the Roomba moving with poop on top of it. Oh, no, it was parked. He was, it was like charging. You should have And he just climbed it. up top of it and was like, this is my throne. <laughs> I, feel like TikTok, I feel like TikTok was created for that. Like for that oh, specific Chris, moment. That's true. You know I'll, I'll do better next time. Next time my dog shits, Ray, you're getting the first photo. There we go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, wow. here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break the show up into two parts. In the first half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. If you'd like to get a live comment or question on, number one, you got to be watching live. Uh, but number two, right as we're getting close to the end of our final main topic today, I will announce that we're opening up the Super Chats. Then you guys can fire in some comments, questions, thoughts, or observations, and we'll read those off in the second half of the show. They're only going to be open for about two to three minutes, so uh, make sure you have them ready to go when we open them up. All right, guys, before we get into our main topics today, we got a couple of off the tops to talk about. And the first one is this. Now, Netflix has been in the news a lot lately, not necessarily for the right reasons. Uh, they had a massive uh, stock crash. They had uh, they lost 200,000 subscribers. They projected they're going to lose about 2 million more over the coming months. And then their own shareholders sued them. So it, it hasn't been a great couple of days on the good ship Netflix, springing a few leaks here and there. Hey, listen, I don't mean to sound like I'm talking crap. I have Netflix. I love Netflix. I am a very happy subscriber to Netflix. But one of the things that they've been talking about for the while about adding to Netflix is commercials. Now, a few months ago, they decided that and they did announce that that they were looking at maybe over the next one to two, maybe even three years, adding a new tier to Netflix that would be ad supported. Well, it looks like that's coming a hell of a lot faster than they anticipated because an internal memo sent out to Netflix employees has now been released where it has been revealed that Netflix is looking to add commercials before the end of the year. Probably around September or October, Yeesh. they're going to be adding a new ad tier. Now, this is coming to us from Deadline. They said the following. Uh, Jonathan, we can blow that up a little bit just so it's a little more easier, uh, easier to read there. There we go. All right. So it says the following. 
Uh, maybe a little bit smaller because now I can't read the text. Uh, <laughs> Netflix is intensifying its surprisingly sudden embrace of advertising, signaling to employees that it may roll out a, ch uh, a cheaper ad-supported tier of its streaming service by the end of 2022. The new potential timeline would be considerably faster than the one to two year forecast the company offered last month in a stunning announcement by co-CEO Reed Hastings during a quarterly earnings interview. The updated outlook was conveyed to employees in a memo, according to a report this morning by the New York Times, which attributed the information to two unidentified sources. Yes, it's fast and ambitious and will require some trade-offs, the note said. That, of course, came from Reed Hastings saying the following. Okay, so we knew that Netflix was definitely looking at making this change, adding a, a cheaper supported tier of advertising. But it was theoretical and it was a ways off and anything can happen. Now it sounds like they're putting their foot to the gas. I cannot help but speculate that the lawsuit the losing half their value and the losing of subscribers has something to do with this. By the way, in the report, it also mentions that they, at the same time that they launched this new ad supported tier, that is when they're going to start their big crackdown on, uh, on uh, illegal uh, password sharing and stuff like that for the thing as well. So it's all going to come in big rush. So I have a feeling part of this is rushing out because of all the bad things that have been happening. All right, let's look at the two sides of this coin the pros and the cons. And I'm going to say something that might surprise you. Obviously, one of the big cons is nobody likes commercials, right? Nobody likes commercials. And the fact of the matter is that Netflix has never had commercials. And so people are just very accustomed to watching Netflix and never having ads. To suddenly introduce an ad-supported thing, that will be, for some people, considered quite jarring. And, and I get that. But they're in... I believe the drawbacks ends because honestly, there's nothing but positives after it with one caveat that I'll talk about in a second. Positive number one, a lot of people complain about the price of streaming services, which frankly, I think is a little ridiculous because what you get for that $15 a month, what you look like 15 to $20 a month is not nothing. But what you get for it is ridiculous. I mean, the amount of pure... Remember, remember this. It wasn't so long ago that you would go to Blockbuster or whatever and plop down $18 to rent three movies. 18 bucks to rent three movies that you'd have for four or five days and you'd watch those three movies in four or five days. Now for about that same price you have 40,000 movies and television episodes and all this kind of stuff at our fingertips at all times. Yes, 15 to 20 bucks is not nothing, but it what you get in return for it is outstanding. It really is. What you get for that 10 to 20 bucks is great. So, but adding a, a, an advertised based tier, that gives the consumer the option that hey, if you want to pay less and have some ads, that is your choice. So it gives them a cheaper option. Pro number two is this. Nobody's going to be forced to watch ads. This is an optional thing. Netflix is not changing their overall company strategy and just saying from now on, if you watch Netflix, you're going to commercials. No, if you maintain your regular membership like I and probably many of you guys have, then you're not going to get commercials. If you don't want commercials, you're not going to get commercials. So that's one of the other advantages. 
The third advantage for Netflix is this is a new revenue stream that they've never had available to them before. The only revenue they have ever had available to them is membership fees. That's it. Now they're opening up another potential avenue stream, so that's good for them as a company. The fourth big advantage to this, and this comes as a viewer, and guys, we talked about this before. Netflix is the worst of all the streaming services for canceling popular and fan favorite shows. Yep. And the reason they cancel popular and fan favorite shows early in their runs is because there's no benefit to it for Netflix. Netflix doesn't earn a single penny if 10 billion people watch a movie or a show. They don't earn a single penny. They only earn money is if you're a new subscriber to get that. And after season two of a show, sometimes season three, it's like everybody who's going to subscribe to our channel to watch that show is already subscribed. Yeah, so yeah, our viewers love it, but there's no reason to keep it around. They get it. But guess what? If you start introducing ads, then suddenly 5 million people watching an episode of a show, that directly equals revenue for Netflix. Now Netflix will become, well, now Netflix has an incentive to keep popular shows around, to keep shows that, that the fans like and they like keep watching, all that kind of stuff. Now it's like, you know what? We don't need a new subscriber for this show to make us money. Just people watching it will make us money. So that's an advantage too. Now I said there was one caveat to all these pros. Here's the caveat. There's always a second shoe to drop. And here's the thing. Netflix will introduce a cheaper tiered ad supported option. They will probably 10 bucks. I'm guessing, but they will use that opportunity. They will use that cheaper tier being there as a pretense to increase their regular subscription. Mm -hmm. Now this is, this is not official. I have no insider information on this. I am just telling you right now within the year, there will be another price increase for the regular tier um, because they say, well, you know, you don't have to have that tier. You can go to our ad supported tier, right? So there's that. So look, I get it. If I'm in the Netflix boardroom, I understand there's a lot of pros to doing this. If you're a viewer right now, there's not a lot of drawbacks because you still have the choice to have the bigger one. So I got to say, I'm not terribly surprised they're moving forward with this this fast. Rob, you see this. What are the pros and cons to you of them doing this ad supported tier? And do you think it'll catch on? I think you did a good job of laying it out, but here's what I'm curious about. Notoriously, or the streamers do not put out numbers in how, how their viewership numbers, but now they're going to have to because the advertisers are going to want to know. Yeah, <laughs> and if the advertisers are going to know, let's say you make a normally now with streaming shows, their buyouts contracts are you don't get residuals. Well, you think that I mean, SAG's going to want to know if mm -hmm. you have a successful show. And you are making revenue from ad, you're making ad revenue on specific shows. The guilds are going to want to jump in. They're going to want to get you, the, the talent negotiations are going to be totally different. It's going to be more of a, I would imagine, more of a network TV show kind of thing. So if shows are going to start going seasons four, five, six, and seven, everyone's going to want to get a taste. And the cost of the shows is going to go up mm, yeah. because the longer the show runs, the longer the show runs, but they'll actually have like even our, and whenever you have advertising, like our sponsors, you have to report you, the sponsors have to know, are they getting value? And if, if once you put those numbers on paper, well, then our showrunners and actors are going to go, Hey, we've got one of the most successful uh, shows on Netflix and your ad revenue has made sure that, your show, this show, our show, is making 
10 times. Like, can you imagine if Stranger Things had ads on it from the beginning? Yeah. I mean, they'd be like, yo, pay us. I mean, not that they didn't pay them <laughs> well, but I, I, I think that that's going to be really interesting. And it causes a whole, is that going to, is that going to now go back to a broadcast model? Like, are we going to go, are we going to go back to the, the old ways of doing things? And does that make it harder to renegotiate contracts if you want to go to seasons four, five, six, and seven? I mean, I don't know, but I would think that it would have to. I would think mm -hmm. that the, the guilds are going to be like, yo, you've never told us what you guys make. Now you have to. Exactly. Well, they, they do report their overall earnings at the end of every But year. I mean, right. in terms of the actual the individual yeah. shows, because technically speaking, the individual shows didn't generate any revenue and mm -hmm. that right. has changed now. Chris, this isn't new. Yeah. Like Hulu does this. They have multiple tiers. Peacock does it. Mm -hmm. They have multiple tiers. HBO Max even does it. And word is Apple's going to do it yeah. at some point as well. What do you see as the pros and cons of this? And do you think there are going to be a lot of people that want to try out a cheaper but ad-supported tier of Netflix? I mean, I'm all for this for exactly what Rob was talking about. <laughs> uh, a lot of times we get screwed over um, with our residuals when it comes to streaming. And the, the lovely thing that happens is, oh, there's no way for us to track how many people streamed it. The fuck there? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, it's, it's what we do every day here. We know exactly how many people have viewed things. We know exactly how many times people have clicked an ad. We know exactly how many times someone's used a promo code, right? Yeah. You're not going to tell me, Netflix, that you don't have the technology, right? Well, when our sponsors ask if we can track the numbers, they say we don't actually have that data, but it's somewhere around the viewership of the Super Bowl. So that's what I tell our sponsors. They're very happy about that. I'm not <laughs> quite sure how much that lie is going to hold up. It's a great sound bite. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> but so for that reason, I like this. I also, you know, I have a lot of friends who act in commercials. So I always tell people too, hey, like, don't get the fancy Hulu. Pay for the, the one where you have ads. Then you can support my friends and they're going to get their residuals too. So I think people will do this, though, for a, a slightly cheaper option. It's just... I don't think commercials are that obnoxious, frankly. It's time for me to go refill my coffee. It's time for me to maybe go take the dog out, make sure he's not pooping on the Roomba again. You know, <laughs> I, I don't think this is a big issue. And I know in the chat, a lot of people are rarely angry about the commercials. <laughs> is it going to disrupt your viewing that much? I kind of like a commercial break in, in a narrative. I like that structure to break it up when we have a cliffhanger moment. By the way, plot twist. Mm -hmm. It was Logan. He just blamed it on the dog. Oh, my anyway, God, Logan. Rob, well, uh, you know, you just guys made me think of something else. You know, people get paid when you're doing a commercial. The actors get paid based on whether it's a local commercial, a national commercial. Mm -hmm. Are they going to run international commercials on Netflix? So does that mean there'd be... It'll probably be geo-targeted. Yeah, I would imagine be be, it would have to be geo-targeted, but does that, like, would actors get a special Netflix dispensation since it's worldwide? Or if it's like, I don't... Ooh. I mean, I, I, I just... Fran Drescher's going to have to do some negotiating. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just... <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't help but think of it from a producerial standpoint. Like, if I was going to make a Netflix commercial, am I going to have to pay, pay my talent more? Like, how's that going to work? Is there residuals? They'll go non-union. See, here's, oh, here's the other thing, too. I'm not so convinced, because, like, right now, there's a tier of Netflix. Isn't there a tier of Netflix that's, like, $20? But I think this one's, like, $15. I don't know if a lot of people are going to opt for an ad-supported one if all it's saving them is 5 bucks. Like, I think they got to get to the area where going for the ad saves you $10 or or plus, I can't see people going, yeah, I'll watch commercials for $5. I think you're right, though. When you say the second shoe is going to drop, mm -hmm. you're going to. Yep, yep, yep. Because all of a sudden, Netflix is going to be $28 a month. And you're going to say, oh, now you can save $18 by getting the ad. Because you're going to be like, look, I don't, 
I do not want to watch ads on Netflix. And if I have to pay, I, I'll say it right now. If I have to pay five or ten dollars more a month, I'll do it. I'll do it. Maybe a lot of people won't, but I will because it's so frustratingly annoying. I mean, you know, as I get older, near the end of my life, I think I have to watch eighty-three seconds of commercials before I get to the next scene, and I have to do that like six times for an hour-long show. Come on, no, man! This is my there's life. There's no worse fa- feeling in the world than when uh, an ad spot starts on one of these services and it says up in the corner, "One of nine. I'm like, wait, what? Nine? <laughs> anyway, guys, and questions- then I show you the same ones. John. Yeah, still same ones. Questions for you guys. What do you think about this? Would you be interested in getting the cheaper tier of Netflix if it was ad supported? Do you think this will help Netflix, hurt Netflix? Maybe you're completely indifferent to it. And you're, you're like, nah, I'm good with my level of it. Whatever you guys think, jump down in the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys, with that down, let's do another off the top. And that is this. I don't think there's a week that goes by. The name Ezra Miller doesn't seem to come out of everybody's mouths. And uh, Ezra Miller is back in the news again, this time not from doing anything new, but rather there's a report going out. So look, you guys understand and you know what's been going on with Ezra Miller, right? He's been arrested a number of times. He's attacked a couple of people. There are, you know, reports about him breaking into people's homes, throwing a chair in people's faces. There's new video that came out on TMZ earlier of the of uh, uh, bar staff forcibly keeping him out of a bar. And then the police had to show up and uh, detain him. And I mean, it's just whatever. And all the while, before the era of Zaslav and Discovery came out, Warner Brothers philosophy on the Ezra Miller situation, their strategy has been, shh, we don't talk about it. Nobody talk about it. Well, there is now a report going around. Um, notably from the, the folks over at Screen Geek have a report going around now where they claim that they have an inside source at the studio who says, number one, Warner Brothers is looking to replace Ezra Miller. And number two, that top of their list is uh what was the the not the maze games what was the name of the movie the maze, maze runner. runner maze runner maze runner which is not a bad little series of movies especially the first one's pretty good uh maze runner actor dylan o'brien is their guy now this is what they say in the report they says it's unclear how many actors have topped warner brothers list to replace ezra miller as the flash however one such name uh, that a source close to the situation has informed us about is dylan o'brien the 30 year old actor is known for roles in both television and film including the mtv series teen wolf he also plays the lead character in love and monsters love and monsters which also by the way was not too bad Mm -hmm. Uh, i like love and monsters too all right so let me tell you why I don't believe this and why I do, all right? The, the two sides. On the one hand, here's, here's some reason to believe it. The acts of Zaslav thirsts for blood. <laughs> we have seen that already. David Zaslav, the new boss of Warner Media, he's, of course, the boss of Discovery, which bought Warner Brothers. His axe was quick and swift because very shortly after taking control of Warner Brothers, they axed uh, Legends of Tomorrow. They, he killed the Batwoman show. They killed mercifully that uh, Wonder Twins movie that they had just announced the cast for. And he says like, nope, the axe of Zaslav thirsts, says David Zaslav. And I wouldn't be, it's not unbelievable to think that one of the first things David Zaslav want to deal with is what is the most embarrassing thing to us right now? 
like the, now that we've come and taken over, what's the most embarrassing blight we have right now? It's the Ezra Miller situation. I wouldn't be shocked at all if David Zaslav said and decided, yep, we're cutting ties with this guy. We're going to move on from it and do all that kind of stuff. So on that level, because of the swiftness that the acts of Zaslav has fallen and how quickly he seems to be moving and making changes to everything, because he believes the number one cash making potential thing of this entire endeavor is D.C., he believes the D.C. properties are the number one thing they've got that can generate them long-term, sustained, big revenue. But in order for it to do that, he's got to get it healthy again. So he's moving pretty quick. So I would not be surprised at all to find out that he wanted to do that. However, here's the reason I don't believe it. And, and again, I let me be clear here. I'm not saying here that Screen Geek is lying. Not at all. I believe they probably heard from somebody that this, but I don't believe the information they were given. And here's the main reason why I don't buy it is that, Ray, when does The Flash come out now? June 23rd, 2023. Yeah. Okay. So a year and a month away from now, 12 months. So you got to get a year and 12 months in. Then you're probably another two years away from another Flash movie. Even if I wanted to believe that David Zaslav has decided this Flash movie, which is already shot, there's nothing we can do about it, that's going to be the end of our relationship with Ezra Miller. Even if that has happened, and I can believe that, they're not looking to cast it three years before another Flash project comes out. They're not looking to cast it right now. Now, they're not going to wait till two weeks before shooting a new Flash movie or whatever to do it, but they're not going to do it like... 18 months before they get something in, in front of cameras. There's no need. This The first Flash movie is a year away. Why on earth would they be looking to recast now? There's no point to it. There's there's no benefit to be gained from it at this point. So the reason to believe it, Zaslav has been moving quickly. The reason not to believe it, number one, I don't hear this coming out of any of the major reliable trades. And number two, I just don't see why they have to start casting and creating shortlists a year and a month before the next movie even comes out. It doesn't seem... Uh, to make sense to me. So I don't know. It, it's really up to everybody if you want to believe this or not. Personally, I lean towards the not believing this for now, but because it's David Zaslav, I wouldn't be shocked. Rob, you hear this story. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I kind of was under the impression that this story meant that they were going to reshoot The Flash and stick him in what they've already done. Like sink another hundred million into it? Well, that's, that's the funny thing. Like, the, the as you know, John, not an easy proposition. Everyone thinks because Ridley Scott did it with all the money in the world in like two weeks. That it's easy to do. With a very small role. Yeah. Yes, with a small role. Like, uh, this is a lead Of course, we're talking about the great Christopher Plummer. Plummer. Mm -hmm. Great, good in, Canadian a, kid. In the Mark Wahlberg film. What was the name of the film again? I can't remember what the name all, of the all, movie was. All the Money in the World. All the Money in the World. That's right. Yeah. I, I, I just don't see them. I mean, it would be unprecedented. I just don't see them spending the money to reshoot. I mean, this is an expensive movie. This is a movie that pushes $200 million, I'm yeah. sure. So... If you were going to reshoot this, it would be really, really expensive, which would push the budget. Astronomical. Uh, it would be astronomical. And 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 would they ever get a return from it? I, look, I think I think that there's more going on in the Ezra Miller situation in Ezra Miller's life than we probably know. And I think that Warner Brothers probably knows that. That's kind of why. I, I, I don't know what that is. You know, I, who, who knows? But I think that I would imagine, and it depends, if this movie's really good, Andy Muschietti is a great director. Look what he did with It Part One. 
studio likes him. I'll tell you what, that's why I, I look with all the drama going out. I am still legitimately looking forward to this movie. Me too. Because Andy Muschietti is directing it. And I you think got it could be a lot of fun. Michael Keaton yep. coming back as Batman. This movie has a lot going for it. And like you said, winning cures everything. Yeah, it does. And if this movie is really good and it comes out, that's a good thing. I mean, and and again, maybe Ezra Miller will get whatever's whatever's going on in his life. He'll get help for that. And we'll find out more and the public can forgive him or whatever. Um, I hope so. Uh, but I, I, I just, I, you know, I'm selfish. I just want to see this damn movie. Yeah. <laughs> still, still, you're in a bit away. Uh, Chris, you're hearing about this story. Mm-hmm. Why do you buy it? Why do you not buy it? How do you see this thing turning out? I mean, I don't buy it just because I think this is uh, a lost cause, right? This is this is all the money's been spent for this movie that doesn't exist. So I don't think they're going to reshoot it. I don't think they're going to make it. I don't think this movie's ever going to come out. Uh, also, Adam Bivari, who is the senior entertainment writer over at Variety, has tweeted too that... Yes, I heard about yeah, this. So uh, just explain to our audience. So and- basically, they were saying that... Uh, that they have a source telling them that Ezra Miller is not being removed from the film, that they are still going to be in this film. So uh, they have it on a good authority that they don't think this is going to happen to. And also cited the same reasons we've talked about. It'd be too costly to replace them in this movie. I also want to touch on how much of a jerk do you have to be that bar staff doesn't let you even into the bar? <laughs> you have to be a real POS. I mean, come on. I agree with Rob. I think they're going through a lot and we don't know about everything going on here. Every person you meet, right, is they're fighting their own battles, their own demons. But boy, howdy, do they need to get their shit together because the the disorderly conduct here is really, really ridiculous. And I really, really hope that Warner Brothers at least says something about this at some point, especially since we keep getting all these false reports, these this will they, won't they with Ezra. Just make a statement. It's so easy to be quiet. It's so easy to be complacent. And it really just makes me feel bad in my tum-tum. I don't like it. I think it's real, real icky that they are not saying anything about this when they have had very hard stances of, of on other actors who have done less egregious things. I, yeah, and it's going to be like, that's why I, I don't believe that it's just for money. I don't think they're going to replace Ezra out of the existing movie. Yeah. But I, as of right now, I mean, there's a long time between now and then. But as of right now, I just can't see a scenario where he's back as Flash after that no. movie. And all the other It'll scenarios, be scheduling conflict yeah. after that. Yeah. When, all the other replacements too. Tignataro, you know, it's it's individual scenes. It's supporting roles. Yeah. They're playing three versions of Barry Allen. That's a lot of money. Yeah. All right. There's a lot to do. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about these reports going around that... Uh, they're not only looking to replace Ezra Miller as the Flash after this upcoming movie, but they may even already have a shortlist. Maybe even Dylan O'Brien. I don't personally buy into it. What do you guys think? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys, before we get into our main topics here today, we want to thank one of the sponsors of today's episodes, the great nutritious folks over at HelloFresh. Hey guys, we want to take a moment and thank a sponsor of today's video, HelloFresh. So guys, look, my wife Anne and I were both working professionals, so we know how tricky, difficult, and time-consuming it can be to try to eat properly and prepare your own meals at home. And that's why, like over a year ago, we started using HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. I mean, you skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and probably most importantly, affordable. 
HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need to easily customize your orders online or right in the app. Easily change your delivery day, food preferences, and plan size, or skip a week whenever you need to. HelloFresh is 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the exact same quality, and you can save on average over $65 a month when you order HelloFresh instead of going grocery shopping. So guys, I'm telling you, whether you are single or have a family, you are going to love HelloFresh. So go to HelloFresh.com slash Campia16 and use the promo code Campia16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's again, HelloFresh.com slash Campia16 and use that promo code Campia16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. And a big thank you to the great folks over at HelloFresh. Ann and I love eating HelloFresh. For sponsoring this episode of the John Campus Show, just a reminder, guys, by supporting our sponsors, you're actually supporting this show. So make sure you go in down to the description of this video. You'll see a link to all of our sponsors today with the links and the promo codes and go and check them out. All right. With that down, guys, let's get into our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics here on the John Campus Show? Well, it's really rather simple. You see, you guys come up with them. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic here on the show, just go anytime, 24-7, over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on the John Campia Show. With that down, Chris, what is our first main topic today? Our first topic comes from Eric Dunn. Hey, John, I remember when Moon Knight was on, you guys talked about if Gore may show up at some point since all the Egyptian gods were there. I just heard that they were thinking about including references to Gore because they weren't sure if Thur Thor 4 was going to come out before or after Moon Knight did. Do you think they should have left the references in there? All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in, Eric. And yeah, we were actually going into Moon Knight and wondering, because we knew Gore the God Butcher is coming in Thor 4. And what do we have in Moon Knight? We have Egyptian gods. So will Gore at some point be referenced? Could Gore even show up? Now, of course, the show is done. There was neither a Gore reference nor a Gore appearance, obviously. At least just wondering, could they have done that? Well, turns out, it was something they thought about, and they even had some references to gore in the show because at the time, they did not know if Thor Love and Thunder was going to come out before or after Moon Knight. This comes to us from the lead writer of Moon Knight. His name's Jeremy Slater, and he said the following. So, talking about the fact that they didn't know when the show was going to come out compared to the movie. So, there were different versions of the script where the gods would sort of talk about this thing with Gore, the God Butcher, just happened, and now we've got this new problem. And then there were other versions of the script where they sort of talked about, we're hearing rumors that gods are dying. This is not the right time to get involved. Uh, like we tried to have our cake and eat it too. But we had versions of the story that sort of teased Gore's arrival and ones that were sort of taking place in the aftermath of Thor Love and Thunder. Ultimately, at some point, Marvel just made the creative decision, you know what? We don't necessarily need this. And they just decided to take it out. So one of the things that he talked about in there was that there was discussions that Moon Knight was supposed to come out, not that Thor was going to come earlier, but that Moon Knight was going to come out later in 2022. That had a lot to do with that. And Jeremy Slater goes on to talk about, you know what? Marvel's become really good at going, 
do we really need to unnecessarily have a random cameo that we don't need or a random reference that doesn't make sense to the story just so we can say, look, everybody, it connects. And he says, Marvel's getting really good at just dropping those out, which I'm really glad that they do. So look, I would say this. If they had moved Moon Knight or had Moon Knight come out in late 2022, then it would have been odd to not have a reference to Gore the God Butcher, considering the nature of what he is. But considering this is coming out before, there would be no reason to have it in there. So I am, quite frankly, perfectly satisfied that they didn't have it there. Chris, you hear the lead writer saying we had some some dialogue in that scene, in that in the temple scene where all the gods like, oh, mm-hmm. first Gore the God Butcher, now this. What do you think about the fact that they decided to take him out? Do you think they should have left them in there? Or are you happy the way they applied it? I'm honestly happy it's removed because I still don't know what's real in Moon Knight. Right. And I think having that <laughs> connection would have made me have a, a more sure, yes, absolutely, this is all connected. Everything is really happening here. So I like the ambiguity that Moon Knight is living in, and I'm happy they removed that. Rob, you hear about the, all this. I mean, it would have been kind of fun hearing, we hear that gods are dying. Although it's like, okay, that wouldn't have been so subtle. But I don't know. What would you think if they had left those uh, references in? Well, I, I, you know, if if it had more of a connection, I just didn't know how cinematic it would be. Couldn't Gore just show up and like shatter all those little statues of all the, the gods? <laughs> well, that go. technically would have released them. Yeah, that's um, true. And then he would just kill. Then he would have killed. Just, them. Bam! Uh, I I I think it's probably best that they don't mention it because if they did, why didn't are the Egyptian gods not worthy of being slaughtered by Gore? Like, are they not good enough? Like, they, 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 would, they, would they go into an existential God crisis? Like, oh, man, you went to Olympus. My God, Gordon, what about us? kill I mean, me. This is yeah, you know, well, we got the pyramids. Isn't that worth something? No, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think it, it, although it does beg the question, depending on how Gore chooses the gods that he decides to murder, I'm going to be asking myself, I will ask myself the question the Egyptians' God, gods would ask. Aren't we worthy of slaughter? I mean, why not? And, and it's... They did introduce them as Egyptian gods, but like you said, they'll just leave the ambiguity. Because mm-hmm. I'm still, I still believe, John, what we saw in Moon Knight didn't all actually happen. Oh, I think it did. The way it was depicted. I think it totally did. But I, I know. here's it does answer one question, though. Because while we were talking about Moon Knight, one of the issues that came up was we're not even 100% sure when this show takes place. Yeah. Right, exactly. It seems that by saying that by them having to decide, okay, does this take place before the events of Thor or after the event? Like, is this going to be released before Thor or is it going to be released after Thor? That seems to establish that, yes, this is current time uh, in the MCU. So we knew, no, it wasn't pre-snap or whatever like that. It is current time that this all happens. I am very relieved they didn't just throw in useless, because then what's next? Like Moon Knight's talking to Khonshu. Well, Khonshu, you're a dick. Just like Tony Stark. <laughs> we said Tony Stark, oh, everybody. I mean, if they mug the camera like that. Yeah, then, yeah. that's exactly what they Perfect. would do. You know, turn to the camera and wink. It's like, I yes, are you an Egyptian superhero? Yes, I'm an Egyptian female superhero. Like an Egyptian black widow. <laughs> like that's that seems to be what some Marvel fan like I'm so glad they're cutting out because if it wouldn't naturally be a part of the conversation it wouldn't naturally be their thing come up don't start throwing in these mm. random look everybody it's all connected Woo! 
like I'm so glad they're not doing that. And showing is much more interesting than telling. So yes. if Gore popped up and just cooked some fools at the end, then yeah, yes. I'm here for that. If he has is no that what lines, he does? does he, he cook? Fools? He cooks fools. He cooks fools. He cooks fools. That's, That's the name of his book, yeah. as a matter of fact. And, then and he his eats. band. Yeah, <laughs> it's a scientific name. Wait, is now is this an actual? Is this a real picture? No, that's a figure. That's a Gore the God yeah. butcher, butcher okay. figure from the. That's Which the way he's depicted in the comics. Rad though, right? Right. That's. I was yes. like, okay. You and I know that's not what he looks like. Oh, well, that's what I was saying. <laughs> we only know certain things. I mean, I was like, is this a different incarnation yeah. of of Gore? But uh, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Do you think that Moon Knight should have included references to Gore? I mean, if it happens, technically now we know before the events of Thor: Love and Thunder, probably made no sense at all. Whatever you guys think, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts okay guys with that down let's move on to main topic number two chris what is our second main topic today this is from alan renshaw hey al dave batista recently posted cryptic messages on social media essentially saying goodbye to drax and that this is the end of the journey that changed his life could he have just revealed that drax is going to die in guardians 3 all right thanks a lot for saying that in alan and yeah listen drax the destroyer is a wonderful character in the MCU. I personally feel they've misused the character a little bit. I mean, a character that is genetically made to destroy Thanos single-handedly, they've kind of turned him into a little bit of a punchline and a bit of a joke who's just kind of a big, kind of strong guy but doesn't really do much. But listen, he has been elevated in crazy ways by Dave Bautista who just, you know, who's not the greatest thespian in the world, and, and he's the first one to say that. But, you know, working with James Gunn, who really understood how to hide whatever weaknesses he had as a performer, accentuate the strengths that he brings to the thing, and a very natural sense of comedic timing that he has, that I think he probably picked up in his WWE days. And, of course, Dave Bautista, since being cast in Guardians of the Galaxy, he's just gotten better and better and better as an actor. He really has. Now, of course... Dave Bautista's future in Disney has been somewhat questioned ever since Disney fired James Gunn a number of years ago, where after that happened, Dave Bautista was not hiding anything. He was like, basically, F Disney, screw these guys. Blah. I mean, it was it was scorched earth kind of stuff. Now, of course, a little bit later, James Gunn came back. They're going to do Guardians of the Galaxy 3. It's all happening. But now it sounds like this is it for Dave Bautista as Drax when he said the following on social media. He wrote this. I haven't found the words yet talking about the wrap of filming on Guardians 3. I haven't found the words yet. It ended so suddenly and I was on to my next film before I could process it all. The end of a journey that changed my life. Hashtag Guardians of the Galaxy. Hashtag Volume 3. Hashtag Goodbye Drax. That's the big one. Hashtag Dream Chaser. Hashtag Dream Machine. All right. So the question that Alan brings up is did he just tell us that Drax dies in the movie? The answer to that question is no. All he's telling us is that he's done as Drax. There are still several things that are on the table. Number one, yeah, one of the options is Drax could die. Sure. Number two, Drax doesn't die and we just don't see Drax again. Number three, Drax doesn't die and somebody else comes in to play Drax. I mean, that's not something that Marvel does regularly, but it is something that Marvel has done. Hello, War Machine. Right. They have done that before. They could do it again. So I think that Dave Bautista coming out and saying goodbye, Drax, does not definitively tell us anything about the fate of the character in the movie. So there's that. But the other thing to keep in mind is this, too. James Gunn has said before that 
Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is the last time you're going to see this Guardians of the Galaxy together. Now, that could mean that Peter Quill is still part of the Guardians of the Galaxy, but he's a whole different team. It could mean that Rocket and Groot are still in Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's a whole different team. But regardless, we knew going into this, a number of the Guardians of the Galaxy characters are not going to be there moving forward in some ways. So, I mean, it's not surprising with all the drama that happened before and then now with the wrapping of Guardians 3 and apparently James Gunn is not coming back to do a Guardians 4. It's not surprising at all to hear Dave Bautista say, this is it. And if it is it, you know what? He was in Guardians 1. He was in Guardians 2. He was in Infinity War. Uh, briefly, he's in Endgame. Uh, he's got Guardians 3. I mean, he's kind of done his tour of duty here. I know, Rob, you hear about these comments from Dave Batista about ending it off as Drax. Do you believe that this is done now? Do you believe that means he's going to die? And what is ultimately Dave Batista's legacy playing in the MCU? I believe it's done because even James Gunn himself said this iteration of the Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy is done. And I, if he's leaving, I can completely see that. And I think that, you know, Dave Batista is a guy that, James Gunn cast him, you know, and, and, and this is their relationship. This is their working together. And I think if James Gunn is truly leaving the franchise, uh, it doesn't mean, I don't think Dave Batista, I don't think Drax is necessarily dying. I think that it's the end of, of an era. And I think that's okay. You know, I kind of like this world. I don't like Netflix shows when there's only three seasons and I like the show, but I do like trilogies. I, you know, I've always liked it when a filmmaker gets to make three movies and be done. You know, I, uh, it seems to me whenever there's a fourth or a fifth, sometimes there's a law of diminishing returns. I mean, not with, I liked Creed. That's obviously down the road. I like the Bond franchise. But having James Gunn bring his singular vision to these three movies, and specifically the way he wrote and directed Batista as, as Drax. Yeah. That, you, I, I couldn't believe some of the humor you know, it went over his head or whatever. <laughs> I, it, they did such a good job. And, you know, leave when you're at the top. Mm -hmm. You know, get out. Get out you've while left, the end's good. Yeah. You've left the world an indelible character. Everyone likes Drax. Mm -hmm. By the way, uh, a couple of our uh, uh, channel members have been chiming in saying this. Isaiah Ruiz is saying, uh, Drax TV show? So I don't know if they're doing that. Stephen DeLint Router is one of our director level members says maybe Drax will learn to stand perfectly still. And that's why we won't see him anymore. <laughs> uh, and then one of our other director member levels, McKeel writes, Batista said he was done as Drax a year ago. Well, again, yeah. he went like full scorched earth on Disney right. a while ago. Chris, mm -hmm. you're hearing these words. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? Is, is this the end? I mean, obviously it looks like it's the end for Dave Batista. Yeah. Is it the end for Drax? And ultimately, how will we all look back on Dave Batista's run in the MCU? Well, as Robert point out in the chat here too batista obviously patched things up with disney they started doing those streaming commercials together right that's right he does the disney plus commercials doesn't now. money fix a relationship doesn't that make things better <laughs> winning cures everything uh, exactly and yeah about a year ago right uh batista was saying i'm just getting too old to take my shirt off uh well, he's in his mid-50s yeah now. and so Which f that guy for looking that good in his right, mid-50s <laughs> right all these wrestlers so i we've known for a while that this was going to be his swan song now, do we know if that means they're killing off the character? That would have an immense emotional impact on everyone because everyone loves Drax, like y'all were saying. I don't know if that's something that James Gunn would do to his boy, though. I think this is more of a, it's really sad when you leave a role, right? It's like you've been at summer camp with all your friends and then you have to go back to the real world. So I think that's more of what he's talking about here is that he's not going to play this anymore. He's not going to be with all of his buddies, you know, for months on end, just 
kicking it and having fun and playing this excellent role. So I think yeah. that's what this is more about as opposed to, hey, I just give you a major spoiler about this film. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? It looks like, yeah, it's now done the end of the journey for Dave Bautista as Drax in the MCU. How are you going to miss him? Do you remember him fondly as it? Did you never really care about him? How do you think they're going to treat the character? Do you think he's going to have some kind of heroic death? Do you think the character will still be left alive to keep their options open later? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's go on to main topic number three. Chris, what is our third main topic today? From Antagonistic Anonymous. Hey, crew. Deadline reports that Amazon's Jack Ryan, starring and executive produced by John Krasinski, is now set to end at season four, while a spinoff starring Michael Pena is in the works. It also states that Krasinski signed a four-season deal from the get-go. John, almost a week before the release of Doctor Strange 2, we learned that Watts is not lo uh, no longer the director for Fantastic Four. And now almost a week after we're learning that Krasinski no longer has a further commitment after Jack Ryan and his upcoming film, What If? All this news coming out right after the release of Doctor Strange 2 is suspect. <laughs> I don't think our theory is much of a stretch uh, anymore. Stretch. Overall thoughts? All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in. Okay. So look, to, to previously on the John Campier show, all right, so John Watts, the director of the Spider-Man movies, the, the Sony Disney Spider-Man movies, who had been announced to be the director of Fantastic Four, they came out and announced that he was no longer going to be the director of Fantastic Four after being connected to it for well over a year, saying that he needs a break, which I believe is complete BS. And I, I listed all the reasons why I don't buy that, that reason at all. I do believe that relationship between John Watts and Disney is still very good because I believe, again, just saying what I think, all right, I, I'm not I'm not claiming this is solid gospel truth coming from my inside sources at Disney, but I believe Kevin Feige went to John Watts and said, listen, dude, you and me are tight. We're good. But I'll tell you what, I got this option for Fantastic Four. If you would be willing to step off Fantastic Four, I will give you a delicious MCU property later. Maybe Avengers 5? I mean, I don't know. Whatever. But down. And, and I speculated, pure speculation, that maybe one of those reasons is finally got John Krasinski to agree to direct Fantastic Four. Just speculation. Pure speculation. Well, as the antagonistic anonymous pointed out, uh, coincidentally, a new piece of news came out that John Krasinski is now done with Jack Ryan. They are currently filming the fourth season of the Jack Ryan series, and that's going to be it. It's now official that the one they're shooting right now is it. This is what it comes to us from the good folks over at, uh, who I believe it was Deadline, who wrote, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, starring and executive produced by John Krasinski, has an end date in sight. Season four of the Prime Video Action Series, which is currently filming, will be its last, sources tell Deadline. No one is commenting, but according to sources, Krasinski has committed to four seasons of Jack Ryan when he signed on to take on the famous role previously played by Alec Baldwin, Harrison Ford, Ben Affleck, and most recently, Chris Pine. So, trying to connect the dots and align the stars, does John Krasinski now, stepping away from Jack Ryan, only double down on the theory that he is indeed going to be the director of Fantastic Four, and I would say no. No, no, it doesn't. Look, I still think there's a decent chance that Krasinski ends up being the director of Fantastic Four. I mean, I'm not going to be surprised if, some, if it's somebody else, but I'm kind of believing he will be. But this doesn't tell us anything about it because like the article said itself, the deal was for four seasons. Now, 
with this story was he had signed on for five seasons, but they've decided to cut it after four. Then I'd be a little bit of, hmm, what's going on here? But the deal was for four seasons. The story is they're filming the fourth season, and when he's done, he's done. So do I believe John Krasinski is going to be the director of Fantastic Four? I still believe there's a decent chance of that. Uh, But again, not going to be shocked if it's somebody else. But this story doesn't do anything at all to endorse that theory. I mean, it was uh, he was scheduled to do four seasons. He's doing four seasons. No more to the story than that. So unfortunately, I'd like to say that we've got our smoking gun. I would love to say that this is a smoking gun that shows he's going to be directing Fantastic Four. And by the way, don't forget, he's got another smaller movie project that he's working on as well. I believe it's called What If. Mm -hmm. He's working on another movie as well, which, again, I don't believe gets in the way of him doing Fantastic Four, depending on what the shooting schedules are. But, yeah, unfortunately, I don't think the story about ending Jack Ryan does anything to add to the idea that he might be directing Fantastic Four. Rob, you heard about this. Do you think that... You know, is it coincidental that just as Doctor Strange comes out and now we're hearing Jack Ryan is going to be in after season four, do you think this enhances the idea of John Krasinski doing Fantastic Four? No, I'm more interested in John Watts. You know, I think about what does Kevin Feige have that he could offer to John Watts that's bigger than doing a Marvel movie? It's got to be, well, it'll be another Marvel movie. But it's got to be something big. Oh, I know where you're going with this. <sighs> Go ahead, say it. Star Wars. Yeah. Which I we're going to be talking about a little bit later. Yeah, I mean, I, that's that's what I was thinking. You know, he, he he does three. You've done three superhero movies. Spider-Man No Way Home doesn't get much bigger than that unless you're doing Infinity War Endgame. And they have announced, I mean, I also have read reports this week that, you know, there's more that the Taika Waititi's got a Star Wars project that they've announced. And, and of course, Kevin Feige had, which we haven't heard anything really about until recently. I mean, if you had to go to the studio and go, who's going to direct your Star Wars movie? How about the director of your three Spider-Man movies? I, I think you couldn't get a more sure thing than that. And clearly, he's already got a great working relationship with John Watts as a director. I, I might propose a Bryce Dallas Howard, but mm-hmm. John Watts would certainly be an interesting Yeah, I mean, name. It's, it's and I just think since they've worked together, and, and Star Wars movies take probably a little bit more prep time, a little bit. But, but, that, but, but be that as it may, back to John Krasinski. I mean, I think we're still in that fan casting mode. Mm. You know, I mean, we love John Krasinski. The Quiet Place movies that he you know, wrote and directed uh, are great. They're so good. They're great. And 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 he's so good as Jack Ryan. I mean, I've read the books and, you know, I loved Alec Baldwin as Jack Ryan. I love Harrison Ford. I love Ben Affleck. The Sum of All Fears is a much better movie than people give it. I really didn't think it was that bad. It's, I didn't no, think it's, it was that bad. It's a good movie. And and uh, the Chris Pine one, not so good. But, but he was okay. I, I think... John Krasinski has his own. When you've made original films that are yours, that you've created, you're an auteur. I don't know. That's the clout you need to get your own projects made. I don't know if he's necessarily would be keen on jumping into directing Fantastic Four. I mean, he might be. But I think, like, look, he he. if he was ever attached to, say, a different kind of a Marvel project and maybe was able to get that out of the system... Maybe. You never know. I don't know. Maybe if he was, I don't know. But you got to remember, too, he's a dad. He's a parent. I know. And he's a geek. Well, yeah, <laughs> you got to keep mean, these look, things in mind. I, I think I would love it if John Krasinski and Emily Blunt played Reed Richards and Sue, Sue Storm because I think they're married energy. How often do you get that 
magic to put on screen. And we saw it in Quiet Place. It was great. Yeah. Absolutely. And 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 that's what I'm thinking. That's that's the one thing that gives me pause. Maybe he'll do it. But again, I mean, directing and starring uh, a tall order and in a, a giant tentpole property like that. I mean, I want to see that happen. I do. But I don't know if it's necessarily going to happen. I think all of this is coincidental. Yeah. I think the reason that it's coming out in the news is that normally nobody would say much. You know, who cares? Like he signed to do f four seasons of, of, of Jack Ryan. That's not necessarily big news. They've known that from the beginning. Exactly. It's just now John Krasinski's names in the zeitgeist. Chris, you hear about this? Is John Krasinski, does this mean John Krasinski's directing Fantastic Four? No, this is that whole <laughs> speculation versus expectation thing that we yes. always talk about in here, right? And I know there's a lot of, if it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it probably is a duck. These are a whole bunch of coincidences. It was yeah. always going to be four seasons. And now we're all just like, was it? Was it always going to be four? Yes, it was. Um, we have the chat too. Everyone's saying, no, no. Bryce Dallas Howard is definitely going to be the director. These are all rumors. Yeah, yeah. An anon By the way, for those of you wondering where that came from, an anonymous yeah. user said in a Reddit thread, that, that which doesn't mean it's impossible, exactly. but we're not going to pay any attention yeah, to that. that. Bryce Dallas Howard could have popped on Reddit today and been like, <laughs> but these are all just rumors, you know? And if Krasinski is the director, I think he'd be fantastic. He has such a great eye. He's an incredible filmmaker. He would be wonderful in this role. I would love to see the whole family in here. Um, but, you know, I don't think any of this like you were saying, is the smoking gun. Just because we have a whole bunch of things that could line up doesn't mean this is the actual fact of the matter. All right, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Coincidence? It actually probably <laughs> is coincidence. But I don't know. What are you thinking about this? Do you think this could point towards a John Krasinski directing Fantastic Four? I really don't think it does. But whatever you guys think, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Now, if you're looking at me and thinking, John, your incredibly handsome face is looking more baby-like than ever. Oh, yes, it is a closer shave than I've ever had, thanks to our friends and sponsor of the videos we're doing over here, <laughs> Harry's. Hey, guys, we want to take a second and thank the sponsor of this video, Harry's. Now, take a look at me. When is the last time you saw me have this close and smooth of a shave? The answer is never, because I haven't been using the Harry's starter set until now, using Harry's, I have gotten the most comfortable, smoothest shave that I've had in years, and that's no exaggeration. And right now, Harry's is giving their best offer to our viewers and listeners. First-time Harry's customers can redeem a starter set for just $3 at harrys.com slash campia. That includes a five-blade cartridge, a weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover to protect your blades on the go. That's a $13 value, all for just $3. Seriously, guys, why pay so much more for other products when Harry's prioritizes simple, quality craftsmanship at a fair price? And it is time to move on from blades that barely hold up because with Harry's, guys who've tried it say that their eighth shave is just as sharp as their first. And you're going to have a really hard time finding other competitors that have a satisfaction rating as high as Harry's. And they're still offering a no-risk trial. You don't like your shave? No problem. It's on them. 
New look, same incredible offer. There's really never been a better time to give Harry's a try. Just go to harrys.com slash campia today and get your starter set for just $3. That's harrys.com slash campia. And a big thank you to the folks at Harry's for sponsoring shows here on the John Campia channel. Once again, guys, supporting our sponsors supports us. Make sure you go down to the description below. Click on that harrys.com slash campia to get your special offer. All right. With that down, let's go on to main topic number four. Chris, what is our fourth main topic today? <laughs> this comes from Tony Stank. <laughs> hey, everyone. Well, our hopes of seeing Tom Cruise as Tony Stark. Oh, wait, no. I think that's uh, I think we swapped those stories around. Oh, yes. <laughs> hey, John ahead. and team. <laughs> John, I saw in a recent video of yours that you said you weren't really 100% sure if the Kevin Feige Star Wars project was still moving forward since you hadn't heard anything about it in so long. Well, the writer of Doctor Strange 2 just officially said that he's currently completely tied up working on it. So does this mean that Feige's Star Wars movie is still moving forward? Thanks. All right. The only thing greater than numbers than the stars of the sky is the sheer amount of Star Wars projects they say are coming, but we never actually hear anything about. And he's right. I was talking on one of our videos the other day. Somebody brought up the Kevin Feige Star Wars project and asked, is this thing still happening? And I said, I honestly don't know. It's, it's what, am I exaggerating to say it's been like three years? Yeah. Since, since they announced and came out and Kevin Feige said, I'm going to be doing a Star Wars movie and got everybody completely excited because listen, as big into Marvel Kevin Feige is, his true love is Star Wars. And so we all got super excited about the most successful producer and, you know, architect of a movie universe coming over and doing a Star Wars movie. Yeah, everybody thought it was great. And then nothing. Crickets, much like the Taika Waititi Star Wars movie that we heard that was going to happen and then never hear anything about. So when they asked me the other day, is this thing still happening? I said, I'll be honest with you. I don't even know if this thing's still happening or not. It may have quietly gone into that good night for, for all we know. And then like 24 hours later, the writer of the damn thing said, nope, this is still going on. This comes to us from the folks over at, let's bring it up that screen here, at Screen Rant who wrote the following. During an appearance on Deadline's Hero Nation podcast, Waldron, who is the writer of both the Loki series and Doctor Strange 2, Waldron offered a minor update on the status of the Star Wars movie. When asked about Loki season two, Waldron mentioned that Eric Martin has taken over for him as head writer and his involvement in the Marvel show has been limited due to his preoccupation with writing the Star Wars movie. Obviously, I'm kind of busy off writing this little Star Wars movie as well, Waldron shared. And we do already know the movie in question is the Kevin Feige project. So, look, did we learn anything new from this one little statement? No. <laughs> Except that it's actually still happening. And I'm going to tell you what, right now, that's enough for me to get excited again. Because I honestly 100% had no idea if this... I'll go further than that. I probably guess that this movie was not happening anymore. That whatever this thing Kevin Feige had, you know, percolating in his head about the story idea he had was probably dead and gone. He's now talking about I'm planning the next 10 years of Marvel. So he's too busy and blah, blah, blah. Just hearing Waldron say, oh, yeah, I had to like we're so serious about this. I had to step away from season two of my show just so I can focus all of my time and attention on this. 
Not going to lie to you guys. This makes me incredibly excited. I'm all the way back to that initial passion we had just hearing about Kevin Feige, the most successful producer of all time, coming and bringing some of that imagination to what is his true passion project to do a Star Wars movie for him to be able to play in that Star Wars universe. God damn, I'm excited about this. I'm really excited about this. So I think this is fantastic. Now we're probably going to go another three years before we hear anything else, but at least this will hold me over for a little while. Rob, you hear about this? What do you make of it? They're going to announce this movie at Star Wars Celebration. <laughs> I certainly hope so. No, I honestly believe that because, <laughs> because no one throws out, casually throws out in an interview, yeah, I'm working on Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie. You don't do that. I mean, the people that work for Disney or that work for Lucasfilm don't just go, yeah, they're on a podcast. I mean, look, I'll tell you something. On the, the Designing Hollywood podcast that we have up right now, Shauna Terpsek, who's the costume designer for Book of, Book of Boba Fett. And, and, Mandalorian. and Mandalorian. In the interview, I said to her, I go... And by the way, this interview, as Rob said, is up right now on our channel. Just go down and look in our Designing Hollywood playlist. It's the newest one there. It's a great interview that it's, Rob it's did. It's a great interview. And, and I said to her, I said flat out, and I loved her response. I go, so, will you be working on any of the upcoming Star Wars series that are shooting? And she just... We are having this conversation back and forth, and she just stopped and was like, and I went, oh, okay. <laughs> well, then that, that's, and she didn't say what it was, but like, I mean, and, and, and then of course, yesterday she posted a picture of Ahsoka, the, one of the director's chairs that right. Ahsoka started shooting. She didn't actually say she was working on Ahsoka, but she put the picture up. Like you don't have somebody going, yeah, I'm working on that little Star Wars movie that Kevin Feige's yeah. producing. You don't say it on a podcast. John Watts is going to be announced as director. He's going to be announced as the writer and Kevin Feige. And we're going to know the name of it. We're going to know what era it's set in, but bam. Because it's Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim. Are you kidding me? That they're, they're going to announce, I bet we're going to get three movie announcements. And that's, John, that's two weeks away? Uh, end of May. End yeah, of May. I, and I'm going. Same. I'm going to think you're going too, right, yep. Chris? Mm -hmm. At least I'm going to be there for, for one day of it. I don't know if yeah. you're going for longer or just the one day or... I should figure that out. I'm just going to yeah. hang out at the bar at the hotels right <laughs> next door. Oh, you. Yeah, but I mean, what could they be now? They, they could be announcing the Kevin Feige one. They could be announcing the Taika Waititi one. And right. hopefully what the status of Rogue Squadron, of Rogue Squadron is. Yeah. I'm extremely down with that movie. I want that one a lot. Plus, I mean, look, after the success, coming off of the writer of Doctor Strange and almost a f half a billion dollar opening weekend worldwide. The number 11 all time in cinematic history opening for any film ever. I, I mean... In terms of announcing a project, and I'm sure this project is pretty far along. They're not going to announce it and say, yeah, maybe it'll get made. They're, they're going to announce it, and they're going to say exactly what's going on to re reinvigorate the franchise. I mean, yeah, we're getting all these shows, but come on, man. Don't you want a Star Wars movie? From Kevin Feige? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to – I'll go – I will put a dollar on it with you that they will not announce it this, this Star Wars celebration. But – not not only will I bet a dollar against it, one dollar, I will wholeheartedly <laughs> hope that I lose. Yeah. I wholeheartedly yeah. hope that I lose. Chris, you hear about this? Mm -hmm. I mean, what do you think? How far close could we get something? Like, do you think this is something imminent? And is this enough news to get excited about it again? Because we were told this many years ago, but yeah. what do you think? I mean, first of all, I'm excited that there's a bet that I can join in on because I'll take that. <laughs> a dollar? Ooh, I'm in. It's not too rich for my blood for once. Um, I'm really excited about all of this. I do think we're going to get an announcement at Star Wars Celebration. I really, really do. I think they're going to have this all hyped up there. Um, I'm really, really pumped. I love that Feige's getting to do this. 
well, in theory, right? We're, we're assuming <laughs> he's getting to do this. I, I just want to see what he does with the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's been obviously so masterful with Marvel. And I, I'm still here for Phase 4, y'all. I'm enjoying it. I'm giving I'm giving it up my all. And I'm really, really pumped to see what he can do with a new Star Wars story. That's something that further explores the universe, that gives us new, fresh characters. I'm really, really pumped about it. I think it'll be great. All right, guys. Question is for you. What do you think about this? This is the first time in a while we've gotten real concrete stuff that this Kevin Feige Star Wars project still has life in its lungs. Maybe we got, I mean, what could top the pop at Star Wars Celebration of Obi-Wan, you know, a Kevin Feige Star Wars movie? I don't know. What do you guys think is going to happen? Whatever your thoughts are, jump on down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. Okay, guys, with that down, Let's move on to our fifth and final main topic here today. Chris, what is our fifth and final main topic today? Now? Now we're hearing from Tony Stank. Hey, everyone. While our hopes of seeing Tom Cruise's Tony Stark didn't come to fruition in Doctor Strange 2, the idea of that portrayal did exist. In a recent interview with Rolling Stones, Doctor Strange 2 writer Michael Waldron did confirm that he asked Kevin Feige about the possibility of having Tom Cruise's Iron Man film. However, it couldn't happen due to availability. Now that the idea was given to Kevin Feige and the multiverse saga isn't going anywhere, John, do you think we could perhaps see this portrayal actually become a reality? Perhaps a Secret Wars film if that ever happens? What do you think? All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in. Now, of course, going into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, um, there was an awful lot of theories going around about all these different cameos because a lot of people thought the name of the movie was Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Cameos. And they thought there were going to be 500 cameos and all that. But one of the names that was really kind of interesting was Tom Cruise's Iron Man. Now, for those of you who don't know or didn't know at the time, that Tom Cruise was originally going to be Tony Stark in the Marvel movie. I mean, he was going to be Iron Man. Now, I can't remember exactly why that ultimately didn't work out, but we were going to see Tom Cruise as Iron Man at one point. The problem is not a lot of average film fans know that. So I was never really bought into the idea that we were going to say, I mean, I wouldn't have been totally shocked if they did. I mean, I yeah, okay, I could have seen that happening. Sure, why not? But I never really bought into it because 99% of the movie going on had no idea that Tom Cruise at one point was going to be that. So kind of take that, put it to side, whatever. And of course, the movie came and went and Tom Cruise is not in the movie as Iron Man. But they were going to do it. It was their idea to actually do it. This comes to us from the folks over at, uh, I believe this is from Rolling Stone. And they asked the, the writer this. They asked him this. Fans were totally right about Patrick Stewart appearing as an alternate Professor X, but totally wrong about Tom Cruise, who had once been slated to star as Iron Man years before Robert Downey Jr., showing up as an alternate Iron Man. Did fans just totally make up the Tom Cruise thing? And this is what the writer said. Yeah, that was totally made up. I mean, there's no cut footage of Tom Cruise, but I love Tom Cruise. And I said to Kevin Feige at one point, I was like, could we get Tom Cruise's Iron Man? They actually, he wanted to, that was a part of his plan to write it into the script. I remember reading about that in Ain't It Cool News back in the day, little shout out to one of the OG movie sites, uh, that Tom Cruise was going to be Iron Man. Then Rolling Stone asked him again. So it's totally made up by the fans, but you also tried to make it up is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. It was being talked about online. I was like, yeah, that would be cool. Rolling Stone asks, so what did Kevin Feige say when you asked him that? 
Well, I mean, he was shooting Mission Impossible 7 and 8. So it to, so to be totally clear, did anyone reach out to Tom Cruise? I don't believe so. I just don't think that was ever an option because of availability. All right. And that again comes to us from Rolling Stone, which is a great job on, on to them doing that interview. So here we have the writer saying, yeah, with all the wild speculation, as crazy as it sounded, yeah, that was totally the writer's intention. He's like, you know what? Yep. Let's have Tom Cruise as Iron Man in there. Now, of course, what he's saying here makes total sense. Tom Cruise has been like solidly booked for like three and a half years. Yeah. So I don't think he ever had a day that he could have gotten away um, to do Iron Man. So that totally makes sense. But the idea of it, I mean, without going into who is in the Illuminati, we won't go into that. But the idea of him being one of those on there, that was intriguing. The very fact that they were even playing with that idea is kind of fun. Chris, you hear about this. Number one, are you surprised to hear that they were actually going to go for it because they, they actually did want to write Tom Cruise's Iron Man in there? And... Do you think it would have been a good thing that they didn't do it? Or do you think it would have been better if they did? I mean, it totally makes sense to me because this was the kind of original idea of casting for Iron Man that everyone always talks about. When you look at those old ideas of like, if we had done Marvel in the 80s and 90s, everyone always talks about Thomas Iron Man. So that's no surprise to me. That being said, it would have been cool if he was in there. We're not missing out on anything, though, right? By the way, I love this image Ray made. Yeah, this is so great. (laughs) I love that image. But it would have been really, really fun. Um, I would have loved to see him maybe as a as a member of the Illuminati or something. But do we need that cameo? No, we don't. I think it panned out fine. Rob, what about you? Well, you know, I, I can't help but think now that the multiverse is a thing, why not make a superior Iron Man movie with Tom Cruise? Like they could just do, it, it, would, it would fit in what they've created. And if they are... If they are looking toward doing Avengers Secret Wars or something with many alternate versions of characters like in the series coming and doing battle where you have hundreds of characters, hundreds of different variants fighting, wouldn't it be kind of cool if they did full feature length versions of a variant character before they did Secret Wars? The same way we got a Thor, Captain America and a... um, uh, uh, Iron Man movie to start with the Avengers. Ooh. What if they did three feature length variant movies and kicked it off with Tom Cruise starring as a variant Iron Man? Oh, no, by the way, I'm making this up. This is not, I don't, I've never heard anything like this. I'm just saying it would be cool and they could do it. I could see Marvel leaning heavily into doing something like that. I don't know, but I'd watch it. What's Tom Cruise going to do after Mission Impossible 8's done shooting? Whatever he wants. Yeah. I know. And what if, what if, <laughs> what if he wants to play well, yeah, Evil Tony Stark? Right. But that, that leads us into this. So, okay, first of all, you know, they, they in the question they uh, what Tony Stank wrote in, by the way, great username, uh, what they wrote in asked is like, okay, but now could they do this or this? Remember, they weren't talking about Tom Cruise having a serious role in Doctor Strange. They were talking about giving him a quick, fun cameo. Sure. There were no plans of taking Tom Cruise's Iron Man and making him a real character in these things. Plus, I'll tell you the biggest reason why it probably won't happen. Nothing's impossible. Nothing's impossible. But here's the biggest reason why I don't think you're going to see Tom Cruise in anything other than maybe someday a fun, quick little shot cameo. Sure. Tom Cruise for the past decade has absolute control over the movies that he does, whether it's Top Gun Mission Impossible, whatever movies Tom Cruise does, he's the boss and he's in charge of all that. 
is he going to now take a year and a half out of his filmmaking endeavors to go and do Marvel where he literally would become a higher day worker. I don't think Tom That's a Cru- good point. I don't think Tom Cruise is interested in that to be honest with you. So, yeah, it was never meant to be a real legitimate character in the universe. It was going to be a quick cameo. And I just don't see Tom Cruise walking into something unless he were to, unless Kevin Feige were to say to him, "Tell you what, Tom, you have control of this yeah. movie," which Kevin Feige would never, no, never, ever do. Um, so I really can't see it happening. But I got to admit, as much as I didn't really think it would happen in the movie, it kind of would have been fun. Yes, yeah. I was sitting there in the theater the first time when the Illuminati scene happens. We see this in the trailer. It's not a spoiler. Yeah. There's an Illuminati scene in the trailer. We know this. If the Illuminati scene happened, as the camera panned down, if all of a sudden there's Tom Cruise going. <laughs> You know, and what, whatever, and he's Tony Stark. I would have gotten a kick out of it. Yeah. I admit that, but I don't think it's going to happen. For sure. I think the only way he'd do this is if Feige built him an actual Iron Man suit so he could do all the stuff. <laughs> and he could and actually it so he fly. Could actually fly. <laughs> okay, Kevin, yeah, that's great. But how do I actually do yeah. this for real without CGI? I have no interest unless I get to shoot lasers out of my hands. You know, I real. just, I, I, the one thing about Tom Cruise, though, I'm, I am a Tom Cruise acolyte. I, I've loved him. I've been a huge fan all the way back to Risky Business in 1983, which is my favorite teen comedy of the 80s. Watching him do Les Grossman in Tropic Thunder. Glorious. I mean, and the fact that he told Ben Stiller, you know, I want to dance and I want to have fat hands. He tells that story all the time. I'm like, good for you, Tom, because for uh, for all the power he has and the seriousness that he takes all this, it, it he's always, whenever he goes on the Graham Norton show or something, like he does, he did a impression, his impression of Donald Duck. If you've never seen Tom Cruise, it's pretty it's good. Um, and I think that he might be down after Mission Impossible 8. I could see him doing, wanting to be, you know what? I'm a little tired. I just want to come in, tell me what to do. I want to have fun. I don't want to be the guy who has all the weight of the world on his shoulders. I could see him doing it because he's got that fun streak in him. Maybe, but I'll tell you what 10 days out of 10. I want Tom Cruise's Les Grossman movie more than I want a him oh, and Iron Man movie. Oh, dude. I want uh, that uh, so uh, bad. It, it would, especially, you haven't watched The Offer yet. No. Matthew Good playing Bob Evans. Give that man, a, make a Bob Evans series because his performance is so good as Bob Evans. And every time I watch it, I think, I want a Les Grossman movie. I want that movie so bad. How great would that be? It would be pretty damn good. All right, guys. Question is for you. What do you think about this? Apparently, the writer of Doctor Strange 2 was going to have Tom Cruise's Iron Man in that, and it was just a matter of they couldn't make the schedule work. Do you think that would have been cool? Do you hope they will do something like that down the road in the future? Whatever you guys think, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys, before we move into our uh, questions that you guys are sending us, I'll let you know right now, we have now opened the Super Chat. So the Super Chat doors are now wide open. If you've got a thought, comment, observation, or question you want to fire in, go ahead and do that. We'll read that right after we hear from the final sponsor of today's episode, the wonderful folks over at Liquid IV. We want to take a minute and thank the sponsors of this video, Liquid IV. Now, listen, just one stick 
of liquid IV added to 16 ounces of water will hydrate you faster and more efficiently than just water alone. It contains five essential vitamins like B3, B5, B6, B12, and of course, vitamin C with three times the electrolytes as traditional sports drinks. And what makes liquid IV so effective is the science of cellular transport technology or CTT. See, it's designed to enhance rapid absorption of water and other key ingredients into your bloodstream faster and more efficiently. You know, Ann and I get up pretty early in the morning to go to the gym because we can't go to the gym at any other time during the day. And for the last couple of weeks, I have been drinking one full glass of water with liquid IV. And all I can tell you is you can feel the difference during the workout. So go and grab liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code Campia at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code Campia, that's C-A-M-P-E-A, at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today when you go to liquidiv.com. And remember, use the promo code at checkout, Campia. And a big thank you to the folks at Liquid IV for sponsoring this episode of the John Campus Show. Once again, guys, when you support our sponsors, you're actually supporting the show. Check out their links down in the description below. All right, guys, <laughs> with that all down, let's go over and start hearing from you guys uh, in the Super Chats. And oh, my goodness, we are now filled up. So I need to shut down the Super Chats. You got about six seconds to finish sending them in. Uh, five, four, three, two, one. Shutting them down. Uh, all right, let's hear what's in the Super Chats. Chris, what do we got going on in there? Okay, we are starting with Noah AG sending in some support, HH sending in some support, um, and then CMG24... Can you, what? 2491. Scroll down a little bit? Yeah, there we Even, go. No, scroll down further. Oh. Even, we got Brian... Uh, oh, Brian Whitney. All these guys sending Super Chat badges before Brady? we even started here. Halo Reaper, Super Captain Saiyan. Oh, great name. Well done. Oh. <laughs> well, apparently we lot. weren't quite ready. <laughs> from Seconds from Disaster. Hi, Campia Crew. Oh, there I am. Next month, me and my girl's son will be born, <laughs> and we finally settled on a name today. I really wanted it to be Dameron. Yes, nice. after the X-Wing pilot, but settled on Derek, my second choice. Oh. oh. I thought you were going to say it was going to be John. <laughs> I thought this was the, I was going to wait for the big drum roll. I thought, John, just want you to know, my son was born and we were going to name him after we're gonna some name movie him character. Giovanni. But we're going to name him Giovanni. Oh, we're going to name him Derek. Okay. Derek's a good name though. Oh, yeah. Screw your kid. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. That No, that is glorious and exciting and awesome. Congratulations. And we are so glad that there is now space in this world for Derek. So thanks for sharing yeah. that, man. All right, what's next? From CMG2491, sending in a $20 super chat. So thank, thank you, you CMG. So much. Hey, John and crew, I find it funny the multiverse of badness is getting crapped on for a lack of cameos, but the CW crisis crossover was also crapped on for so many and useless cameos. Can't we just have nice things and shut up as fans? Well, I mean, look, look, it is our prerogative as fans to cheer or boo whatever we want. I mean, that's fine. I just don't get, understand this preoccupation because uh, honestly, I feel like it's the de-evolution into ow my balls. Uh, you remember from uh, uh, Idiocracy? Yeah. You know, the number one show in the world is ow my balls or ouch my balls. Like th To me, that's what just cameos are. It's like, woo! It didn't actually add anything to the movie. didn't do anything for the movie. It's just out of my balls. Now, if you're Marvel and you find a way to get cameos and then to use those cameos to actually further along the plot, awesome. But otherwise, yeah, too many people were just looking for random, stupid, pointless cameos. I'll just not get that. All right, what's next? 
Thanks for that again, CMG, for supporting us on that level, man. From Cara Black. So Doctor Strange 2's domestic opening weekend ended up being 187 million, but ended up dropping from 450 million to 411 million worldwide. Wow. Guess they really missed the mark on those international numbers. I mean, that's part of the thing about international numbers, especially so quickly, because every country has its own reporting system. Right. Mm -hmm. So and by the way, that 411 number could change again. But in our rush to know information so quickly that it often comes in whatever. So that's why like the North American reporting numbers are usually within 99 percent accuracy. Every once in a while, there'll be one that comes in that's that was like seven million dollars off. But normally it's either bang on the money or it's one, two, three, four, five million dollars off. So not really surprised with the international numbers it's even a bigger coin flip. So who knows? Math's All hard. Right. And and math is hard. Math's really it, hard. It is right now sitting at just shy of $450 million worldwide. Yeah, which is so, kind of yeah. nuts. So it's already profitable pretty much. All right, what's next? From Ben Rayner. I believe this Dylan O'Brien rumor. Movie comes out a year later, plenty of time to tape a stinger at the end of the movie to replace Ezra with Dylan. I think it's going to happen. Just a guess. No, that's. I'll be honest with you. I think that's ridiculous. You don't just film us. Okay, so we've got our movie. It's all planned out. It's all shot. And now, out of nowhere, completely unconnected to everything else, just pointing out saying, oh, no, I just woke up. And wait, why do I feel so funny? It's like a camera shot, like point of view. I feel so funny. Oh, and then he goes to a mirror and we see Dylan O'Brien's reflection. Ah, like, no, that's that's silly. So there's, I like there's the no idea, point. though, of like Zaslav watching all too well and being like, I really like this kid in the Taylor Swift short film. Put him in. <laughs> Put him in there. Whatever you got to do. <laughs> He's great. All right. What's next? Stray Wolf, do you think James Gunn will bring Batista to, uh, to do DC? Um, here's the thing. You never start with the actor. Like, you've got a good... Do we have a character? Great, we have a character. Now, who is the best actor to play this character? That's the way you do it. You don't go out, hey, well, we got to get D- uh, Dave Batista over here. I don't know, make him something. Uh, relaunch that Wonder Twins movie. He can be Zane <laughs> or whatever. Like, So you don't start with the actor. But listen, yeah, if there's a DC movie that comes out and there's an open role and some director thinks that Dave Batista is a good fit for it, why not? Like, absolutely, 100%. But I don't think you go, well, let's try to shoehorn Dave Batista in somewhere. I don't see that happening. All right, what's next? From Elizabeth Rado. I would love to save money by getting Netflix with commercials, but I've been burned before by Hulu. Their commercial plan sucks. I, again, I I have not used the Hulu commercial plan. I've gotten so used to just no commercials on the Hulu stuff. I, I'm open to it. I am. I, I am definitely open to it. Actually, for a while, I was using Peacock's commercial plan Mm -hmm. and i actually didn't find it all that too obtrusive until i started realizing that on the commercial plan you don't actually have access to all the content yeah and that's when i kind of bought into the so yeah i don't know what do you could you could you see yourself trying out this commercial plan dude i have i have hulu with commercials and i i want to put a gun in my mouth and pull the trigger every time i can't I can't, maybe not that extreme, but I just... First world problems. I, yeah. Yeah, I, I, we get I, it, Rob. You're successful. <laughs> Money bags over here. Not at all. But God. you know what I mean? I mean and, and like I said earlier, it's if it was different commercials, it would be palatable. But like in one hour, it's I have to see line. the same damn commercial yeah, it's true. over and over again. And it makes me hate the product. Can you imagine seeing the same commercial over and over again that you have been cut from? Uh, Is that happening to you? Oh, no. Every single time. And I'm just like, oh, we're going to watch it nine times? Well, good. Good. I mean. Uh, Rub salt in the wound. Yeah. There, there's a there's a college that I always get on YouTube, and it starts out with this music. Dunna, some kind. I know the one you're talking about. And, yep. 
I've heard it's. I have it's a, an online thing. Study yes, it's at your an own online, pace. Something thing, university yeah. or something. I, I don't even remember. I, I I blocked it out. But that music. Elizabeth knows, like, if I'm watching something and and it comes on and she's in another room, I just hear her chuckle because she knows how much I hate it. And I've seen it a million times. Are your commercials uh, sometimes Spanish? I Yes. Okay, yeah. That one confuses me, too. Ray, I, I got to ask Ray. Like, if you, you've got a choice here, you can get, you can pay a little bit extra for the non-commercial one. Or I don't even know why I'm asking him. Yeah. His, you know what? I just go to, uh, you know, you know, tier... just go to the house. Yeah. He's got the John <laughs> tier plan. I, I take the remote away. I was like, what y'all watching? It doesn't matter. Cause I'm watching now. Oh, you know what else has happened? You know what else has happened? I'll tell you what else has happened. We've been at our place, right? Cause again, I'm the John tier. So mm-hmm. that's his tier. He just comes over to the house, right? Yeah. We've been sitting. So the way our living room works. <laughs> The way our living room works, we got our living room facing the TV, and behind the living room is the dining room. Ray likes to sit at the dining room table and watch TV, right? So we have been sitting down watching something on TV, and all of a sudden, it changes to something else because because Ray oh, no. Ray has his phone and he goes cast oh, my to TV God. and all of a sudden my show's gone and Ray's casting stuff oh, my and he wants God. to watch that's a baller oh, move okay well maybe once it was, very, it was a very important YouTube video that I needed to stream very important you yeah. like watching something crappy everyone anyways. needs to see that cat playing piano come on anyway yeah so there's oh, that. Yeah. Well, okay, I don't even know why I went over. I was going, hey, do you pay extra for the non-commercial? I'm like, what am I? Th- what am I saying? Okay, but <laughs> I am paying for the cheapest Paramount Plus because you gotta, you gotta get your which will be canceled <laughs> in about two weeks after I Halo's think. done. After, after Halo's done. done. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's keep going here. What's next? From Justin Lee, Chris. Hi. Do you know who your friend plays on Better Call Saul? All due respect to winning time, in my subjective opinion, Better Call Saul is the best show right now. No, Justin, I am a terrible friend and I don't know who Amy plays and I've never watched the show because I'm a monster. And hey, I should point out to to, to Justin Lee's point, again, I, I have not watched past the first couple of seasons, but I enjoyed the first couple of seasons. The people who watch Better Call Saul really love it. I've actually read a lot of people saying it's better than Breaking Bad. And so, again, I haven't seen the latter seasons, but there's a lot of love for that show. All right. What's next? From Raphael. The little cute. Oh, from Suthius down there. Uh, John Campia's show and the multiverse of moistness. <laughs> there you Aaron? go. We'll give that one for Aaron. <laughs> the multiverse of moistness. Of moistness. That's, that's, that sounds like a porn parody. I'm not going to lie. All right. What's Media. next? That's for Campia After Dark. <laughs> All right. From Raphael now. The little cutie from... Uh, CE3K, Barry. Close Encounters of oh, the Third Kind. thank you. Barry is now 50. Feeling at death's door yet? Say in a kitty southern voice. Come in through the door. <laughs> that was pretty good. Thank you. I'll, I'll tell you the one that got me, though. We, we talked about it the other day. Well, I mean, that's not terribly surprising because that's an old film. Yeah, but, toys. But what really got me was when um, Sam Worthington, we talked about his quote the other day on the show, when Sam Worthington said, you know, when I shot... Avatar. When I shot Avatar, I was, you know, 30-ish. And now I'm pushing 50. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, that puts things a little bit in context. But how early was he doing that? By the time Avatar comes out, I'm going to be like 50. Anyway. All right. What's next? From Andy, one of two. Hi, John. I just got a fat raise at work, which means nice. I'm closer to making you cringe watch four episodes of Riven- Riverdale for 3K. <laughs> also, Jughead's girlfriend, Tabitha. Oh, what's she up to, Andy? 
Oh, there we go. Has seen uh, 4,811 possibilities where the world ends and only two where the Revengers. Oh, God, is what that what they call them? The Revengers? The Revengers win against what is probably the literal devil, but Jughead dies. All right. I, I, I'll just, is this real? Is that real? Can, can, I just, can I just say on behalf of myself, the people in this room and the people watching... Fuck Riverdale. <laughs> Who is still watching this fucking show? Also, congratulations on uh, that promotion. And, yeah. and the big fat raise. Making yes. more money, baby. Well Paper. done, man. Always good. Want to celebrate the advancement of people in our community. Uh, but yeah, fuck Riverdale. That, yeah. Like, that is so fucking ridiculous. This started as a small community murder mystery show, right. which was actually pretty good. That's what I heard. It was season. a good show. The first like season Rick, was pretty good. Of. It was like just this pulpy, campy it's a murder, murder show. But it's then murder murder hearing what you heard from Anne and then what you know about the show, I every time you talk about it, I thought it was like this ongoing John Campia joke that I wasn't quite in on. Oh. But it's not a joke. Oh, no. It's no. Real. Then they get into like a Dungeons and Dragons cult and all of a sudden they're superpowers. And Andy right. says the revenge. They're not actually called the Revengers. That's him. That's OK, all well, that's Andy. a good name. Andy, that's can you a be a name. writer on the show? Yeah, I mean, and that's better. This? Revengers. All right. Ooh. What's next? From I am awesome four one eight. No, don't kill him. Let's not be drastic. Oh, hi, hi. Uh, actually, that's not bad. Yeah, that's, that's actually not bad. All right, what's next? With a golf clap. Donut Head sends in a super chat. Thank, Thank you, very you much. Donut Head. Donut Head. My comic planet. We know forty minutes of Doctor Strange two was cut, but there was an earlier cut that was ten percent more. I say bring on the full Rammy cut to Disney Plus. You with me, John? Yeah. So look, here's the thing. The, the story got out. We talked about on the show that that the first cut that Sam Raimi submitted was a two hour and 40 minute cut. Look, the director's first cut is oh, they always know this isn't our movie. This isn't the, this. We just submit this just so they know where we're at. They can give their notes, blah, blah, blah. This is very, very, very common. But a lot of MCU fans are going around. They cut 30 minutes of the film out. No, 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 guys. It was the first cut. This is very standard. Rob, you work in this industry. This is a regular thing, right? A regular thing. I mean, look, all of... Peter Jackson used to say, when he's editing his movies, he likes to cut everything together. Everything. Just see, He would even cut different takes of the same line. You know, war is upon you, whether you wish it or not. And he would cut every single take and watch them all lined up to see what works. But yeah, movies always... You Sometimes, John, hours longer mm. you might have a first cut that's four hours long for a movie that's going to be two hours and five minutes people are well i want to see all of it but you really don't yeah because you most really of the time, don't there's a reason the director cut it out yes it's a very iterative process and a first cut a two hour and 40 minute first cut is fairly lean i mean yeah. that means they didn't cut much out you know they were refining it and, and usually when you think about scenes most scenes in movies are longer they have dialogue exchanges yes. and dialogue eats up the time so sometimes when you put a movie together, you realize dialogue scenes are usually too long anyway because the characters are conveying things in the way they say things so you don't have to have it as verbose and you can cut. And that's where you get the, 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 the movie comes down in length. All right, what's next? From Kali Woolley, as someone who enjoyed Doctor Strange 2, the writing felt pretty messy. Makes me wonder if it could explain Scott Derrickson leaving after quote unquote creative differences. No, that was a totally different set of circumstances. Like Scott Derrickson, the very concept of the movie, the very concept of what a Doctor Strange 2 movie would be is what made him and Kevin Feige part ways. Scott Derrickson, look, which makes me wonder how horror centric 
was Scott Derrickson's Doctor Strange because Doc, what the basic idea is Scott Derrickson, whose new movie, The Black Phone, is coming out here soon and is really good. Really good. We watched it. But he they parted ways because he wanted to go to horror. Well, after watching Sam Raimi and how much horror is in this movie, I was like, how much more horrific was Scott Derrickson? But yeah, again, it wasn't about the writing of the script because it was all about what the very even nature of the movie was going to be. So this movie didn't even really start to take shape until after Scott Derrickson left. So it's two totally different things. All right. Good question, though. All right. What's next? From K Major, does WB need to focus on making a good Superman story rather than making him cool relative to our time? Does this even make sense? Thanks, and my thoughts are with you and your mom. Thank you, K Major. I appreciate that very much. But, but here's the, the thing. The two are not mutually exclusive ideas, right? The idea that, well, if you make a, if you make a Superman that's more relevant for the time, that means you can't make it good. Well, that's not true at all. Man of Steel. Man of Steel was definitely a more relevant Superman story in our current time rather than the 60s and 70s. And I contend it is the most underrated comic book film of all time. It's a masterpiece of the genre, in my opinion. A lot of people disagree. Everybody's yelling at their computer screens right now. But still, so it's not like you have to pick one or the other. The key is to do both. Every filmmaker and studio sets out to make a good movie. Like that's just like we as film fans have such a delusional idea, and I include all of us, because I think even those of us who have made films yeah. fall into this trap. We just think sometimes, oh, making a good movie is easy. And if they didn't make a good movie, it's because they didn't try hard enough, or they weren't focused on making a good movie. No, the reality is they tried. And it's very, very hard to make a movie that a majority of the audience sits back and get, is really entertained by. It's, it's not easy, Rob. John, I've always said that there's a bit of alchemy in making movies. Rumpelstiltskin spinning gold out of straw. <laughs> No, I mean, but you know, they're ma you can have the best people in the world with all of the the best things, and you need magic. There has to be some magic in there, and and if if there isn't, the best laid plans of mice and men, it, it doesn't happen. And like you said, it's really really hard, and you have all these disparate people with dis disparate talents and things coming together, and everyone expects that you're going to capture lightning in a bottle. And it's really hard, man. The reason, sorry, you're absolutely, that was a great analogy. The reason I laughed, I don't know why, I think it was Friends, the TV show Friends, where there was a scene they started going through a bunch of porn names for popular movies. And I just remember one of them was Rumple Foreskin. Oh. <laughs> and, I, and as soon as he said Rumple's, as soon as he said Rumple Stillskin, I don't know why. When you started saying, I thought you were going to say Rumple Foreskin. I don't know why. So oh. I was just laughing at myself. Sorry. See, I can't because then people would make memes about me making dick jokes all the time. And Probably I don't think true. that's true. Probably true. All right. What's next? <laughs> oh, yeah. I have to go read those. For my, no, for my, uh, yeah. Aw. Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> Aw, shit. It was from yesterday's mailbag. Like um, did you? Thanks. And then it was about your mailbag? <laughs> All right. Wow. From Mickey. Did you hear that Kamal Nanjian was supposed to be in Moon Knight? It got cut due to budget concerns. Oh, I did not know that. Mm -hmm. Listen, I'm. Oh, he, as an eternal. His character. Oh, they were going to have. Yes. Have, you know, what's his name again? Kingo? Yes. Mm -hmm. I, first of all, look, I love Kamal Nanjiani. Like, after I saw The Big Sick, I will be a fan of his for life. And oh, I really so love him in Eternals. I really did I like too. his character a lot. That Bollywood scene in Eternals, that kills me every time. I get it. Budgetary concerns, I get it. And probably wasn't even really necessary. But uh, but that's interesting to know. All right, what's next? From Tyler Pfeiffer, sending in a $50 super chat. Oh my chat. goodness, Tyler. Thank Tyler. you, man. It took a while, but I finally saw Brightburn and loved it. 
With Rain Wilson's super and Brightburn sharing the same universe and given the post credit scene, do you think we'll get a full-fledged shared Brightburn horror superhero universe? Well, first of all, Tyler, thank you so much for supporting our channel on that level. That is awfully generous of you. Thank you so much for supporting the content you like watching. I really did not like Brightburn. I wanted to like it. I was excited about it. The concept of, yeah, but what happens if Superman lands on Earth but goes bad? I thought the concept was fantastic. I thought the the movie itself was quite unwatchable. Uh, it had its moments. It had, uh, it definitely had some, um, you know, it's, it's funny because uh, James Gunn, who produced the movie, the dad in it was from The Office, who played Pam, the guy who played Pam's fiance in The Office. And James Gunn, of course, was married to Pam from The Office. So there was a little bit of an office connection there in that movie. I, I thought the movie was quite, quite poor and it did not do well. It, it did not do well it at the box office. So yeah, I, I don't think we could see, I don't think there's any chance we'll see a studio invest money in a bright burn shared cinematic universe thing. Not to mention Rain Wilson's Super. I have no I've never heard anything official that those are in the same cinematic I didn't universe. Know that. But even if they were, that is again another movie that almost nobody has seen. Right. Uh, despite the fact that I like that great. one very much. But I can't see. Do you guys see the possibility of them doing like uh, Brightburn the Revenge or something? I didn't see Brightburn. I heard I heard it wasn't good, so I didn't yeah, see it. it was, that was pre- I was actually pretty excited about Brightburn. And I was let down by it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I'm forgiving. With those kinds of movies, and it wasn't like you said, it wasn't great. But I do like the idea. I mean, isn't that kind of what the boys is? Those seeing a shared cinematic horror superhero universe. I mean, isn't isn't Homelander kind of what Brightburn would be if he, what grew he up? could grow up to be? Yeah, yeah. I guess so. The one thing that stands out to me about Brightburn was I remember being in the theaters and the credits started, and they show about all the destruction the kid was doing around the world as the credits were rolling. Right, it was the first time I had ever heard Billie Eilish's. I'm the bad guy. And I just remember, I'd never heard, I'd never even heard of Billie Eilish before this. I was sitting in the theater and that song was playing. I'm like, I don't know what the song is, but this is the perfect effing song for this movie. Like, and that's like, a great tune. Yeah. That song is really good. Yeah, it is. Anyway, so there you go, Tyler. And again, Tyler, thank you so much for supporting us on that level, man. That's really generous of you. All right. What's next? From Rob's wonderful sack of moist talent. Hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm all appetite, but have no dinner to go home to. Okay, Aww. so that, of course, wow. comes from the greatest saying. Chris Carr said the greatest saying I've ever heard before, which is, it doesn't matter where you get your appetite as long as you come home for dinner. Because we were talking about, you know, all of us with wives or girlfriends who see somebody like a Chris Hemsworth or a Ryan Gosling on screen and get all excited and then... Chris goes, doesn't matter where you get your appetite from as long as you come home for dinner. Man, y'all need to come to Texas where we just say horrible things all the time. <laughs> Which was then followed up by Ray saying, yeah, as long as the appetizer doesn't give you herpes. <laughs> Which I have no idea where that came from. Appetizer's way better in that situation. <laughs> you can't go get an appetizer though, Ray. That's the whole point. You can't dine out. There's no dining out. There's no dining out. Uh... Look at the menu. Yeah, you can peruse, but don't you dare eat. <laughs> All right. What's next? From Daniel Dang. Is there a difference between HBO Originals, Game of Thrones, Succession, Winning Time, and Max Originals, Peacemaker, Tokyo Vice, Flag Means Death? Um, no, except for a calendar. I mean, you know, before it was HBO Max, they were HBO Originals. Right. I think, it, I think all is now HBO Max, yep. I think. So I don't... If there is, it's some minor... 
line on a piece of paper somewhere. But really, you can just think of all of them as synonymous, I think. I think that's pretty safe to assume. All right, what's next? From Michael, what Marvel movie would you guys love to cameo in? Any? Any, so I make yeah. that sweet, sweet Marvel money? Yeah, like, <laughs> sign me up for them residuals. Um, I don't know. I mean, X-Men, maybe? Yeah. yeah. I mean, really, what I want to cameo in in my life is is a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. That's what I would want more than anything else. Actually, you know what? I came close to cameoing in a movie. I'm not going to say who. I'm not going to throw anybody on their bus. It was probably beyond their control. But there was a director that I was having dinner with on Sunset Boulevard one night. And we were having dinner. And we were just talking about a whole bunch. Of stuff, and they said, you know what? When I'm shooting... X movie. I'll tell you guys about it off camera. When I'm shooting X movie, we should you should fly out and we'll have you. Maybe you'll be you know pedestrian getting hit by a car or something like that. We'll we'll, we'll put you in and stuff like that. I'm like yay! And that movie got made. And I never got a call, <gasps> but uh, but it was probably beyond their control. But anyway, but hey, really, answer is anything. I cameoed in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah, you sure did, Rob. You sure, you sure did. did. <laughs> uh, regular viewers will know what we're talking about. All right, what's next? All right, from uh, JSW one one nine eight four. With the release of Avatar ahead of the sequel, it only needs one hundred fifty three million to break the three billion. Uh, Three billion barrier over under 10% it achieves this. Thanks and bring on the filthy. Listen, I'll tell you what 153 million for a re-release is a really tall order. Yeah, I, I look, I think it would be great if it came out and all of a sudden it made 175 million. Like that would be crazy. I can't see it making that much. So I think there's gonna be a lot of interest, but I don't Rob. What do you think? I, yeah, that's a lot of money. That's first run money for a re-release. Yeah, yeah, it's I, tough. I mean, and also, I don't think it it, it even is going to be released in enough theaters that it could even hope to come close to that. Yeah. What I do hope for this re-release is that people go see it and stop talking about well, avatars just Fern Gully and Dan. Well, I'll tell you what, if it makes like if it makes thirty great. or forty million dollars, that's huge. It like for huge. a re-release, that would be look. Crazy. I have to tell you, John, I'm actually because John Landau did say it was getting remastered. Yes. And I want to oh, know. I'll see it. Yeah. I want to. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Did they remaster it in high frame rate, 48 frames or whatever with that 3D? It's incredible. I would love to see that movie in IMAX 3D again. All right. What's next? From Mr. Hank Dunn, I just want a Tom Cruise, Christopher McCroy, Green Lantern movie. That could be kind of fun, too. I mean, first of all, Christopher McCroy is, I, I really like him as a director a lot. Uh, it breaks my heart that he said he'll never do a Star Wars movie because the Star Wars fandom yeah. has just really turned him off of doing it, which a lot of the Star Wars fandom has done. We've turned a lot of, of good filmmakers away from ever wanting to get involved in it, unfortunately. But um, something like that, that could be pretty intriguing, man. I'd be down for that. All right. What's next? From Danny Price. Happy birthday, John. Please gush about the Force Awakens premiere. How I felt watching that movie has since been unmatched. It makes my heart happy. It, it's nowhere near my birthday. I was going to say, we did that a, a while ago. Yeah, but thank you. Yeah. Um, no, listen, going to, that was an absolute bucket list thing for me. Like, like I always talk about, like, yeah, going to premieres, everybody thinks it's like there are angels there that'll jerk you off when you show up. Look, the premieres are fun. Where? Premieres <laughs> are fun. They're fun. Somewhere in Go. Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of places Find in Hollywood. <laughs> premieres are fun. I'm not taking away from that. It's a it's a kick. It's not the be all and end all of things. Like some people say, oh, you'll you'll do this just to make sure you get to go to a premiere. It's like if you went to a few premieres, you would understand that it's fun, but it's not that big of a deal. 
That being said, I still remember where I was. Actually, I think I was on air live. I think I was on air live with Christian Harloff and Mark Ellis when, and we were doing a show and my, I checked when I knew the camera was off me, I checked my phone because a buzz had come in and it was my invitation to come to Star Wars, The Force Awakens premiere at the Chinese theater. You got to understand, I grew up looking at images of the Chinese theater when the first Star Wars movie came out. And and, and over as I was growing up my whole life, seeing those iconic images yeah. of, of Star Wars playing at the Chinese theater and stuff like that, to be invited to a Star Wars premiere, which is something I never thought would happen in my life. But not only a Star Wars premiere, a Star Wars premiere at the Chinese theater. Dude, I'll tell you what, that entire day, I was walking on clouds. And even when Anna and I sat down in the theater, I'm like, this is the place where however many years ago the first Star Wars movie played. I mean, the building's been renovated, obviously, but this is the place. I'm in the same spot that all those people sat in so many years ago watching a Star Wars movie. I'll tell you what, that that might be my favorite movie experience ever it it was really something special and incredible and while i'll go on about going to premieres is fun but it's not that big of a deal that one time that was a damn big deal to me and it, it as a guy who was obviously an obsessive star wars fan that was a huge huge deal to me so thank you for asking about that man all right what's next from mr holdbrook rob love your captain power shirt do you think it could work as a movie today well first of all kudos to you for knowing that um you know, this shirt, I got this shirt because I was working with a guy who was developing a sequel series called Phoenix Rising that was written by Judith and Garfield Reeves Stevens. They went on to make a few uh, Netflix films. I think it absolutely would. For those of you who don't know, Captain Power was a science fiction TV show that was basically created by J. Michael Straczynski, who did Babylon 5 in the late 80s. And it had a toy component where the toys could interact on the TV where you could like shoot things and it, would, it was pretty cool, but it was a great science fiction show. And I really think the reboot, the scripts that they had written for the reboot were really, really good. And I'd love to see it come back. All right. What's next? Um, we, we got some support from Tristan too there. Oh, thank, thank you, so you much, Tristan. Tristan. Uh, Eric Wells. I just want to thank y'all for doing this so consistently going through a really emotional and hard breakup right now. And this is truly the highlight of my day. Thank you guys. Oh, well, Aww. sorry to hear about the breakup, but listen, listen, look, all breakups are like snowflakes. They're all unique. They're all unique, but they also all melt away. I mean, uh, I mean, anybody who has dated more than three people will tell you when you break up, it feels awful. It gets better <laughs> and you'll, you'll be totally good about it, but we're honored that you make us a part of your day, man. Yeah. So thanks for that. And we're happy we can be there and be that for you, man. So thank you so much for that. All right. What's next from Murray. Maybe Netflix should charge up, change up the ads instead of just showing the same damn ads over and over again. There's only so many times someone can see Limu running around uh, for a Liberty mutual. Yeah. But, but here's the trick. Uh, change up the ads. That's great. You have to have sponsors who are there. You have to have enough sponsors. And listen, if you have uh, Liberty, is that, is that what Limu? Is Limu a Liberty one? Yeah. Okay. So Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. Liberty. Anyway, so uh, Limu, Emu, whatever. If they're and, uh, a sponsor you've got signed up, then you got to fill that inventory for the spots and there's the ones you show. So a lot of the times it's not a matter of, well, hey, we have a thousand commercials to show. Well, let's just show this one over and over again. It's probably because they don't have others buying those spots yet. So that's probably why that happens. Dude, I've come to believe Tom Brady actually has a plug in his chest that he plugs in for Hertz Rent-A-Car. For that Hertz Rent-A-Car? Let's go. 
You All can't right. even deliver that line. It's What's so next? Uh, Blatino boy. Hey, John and crew. Sending in a $20 super chat, too, so thank you so much. Thank you, Blatino. Hey, John and crew. I know you have a PS5. Mm, John does. And I was wondering <laughs> if you had a chance... Oh, if you had a chance to play Elden Ring. Think Lord of the Rings meets Edgar Allan Poe? George R. R. Martin apparently wrote the story for the game. Glad I he finishes was, some stories. I was... Yeah, at least he's writing something, because mm. he certainly ain't writing Lord of, or, uh, Game of Thrones anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I was intrigued by it but you gotta understand i am a keyboard and mouse gamer and i'm i am horrible when i try to use a controller i've just never my brain's just not wired that way I, I do play some things with it but i was intrigued to get it and i asked my buddy ryan our buddy ryan i said hey well, what about elder ring he goes you hard. will not like it <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> like it's they said it's, huh. it's kind of a convoluted and it's, it's like it's an overly hard game and stuff like that. i think you'll get frustrated with it so i'm like okay so i gave up on it and i didn't try it. i'm having a hard enough time trying to do god of war oh. um but It Takes Two was wonderful. I love that. And now I'm playing a little bit of Star Wars, the new Star Wars Lego, so playing a little bit of that. But I've been warned off of Elden Ring, unfortunately. Okay, what's next? From William Bangs. Good for you, William. John, I want to see Doctor Strange, but haven't seen Loki or WandaVision. Help! Loki, you don't need to watch. WandaVision, I'll say this. You don't need to watch it, but it will give you a lot of context for Doctor mm-hmm. Strange 2 if you watch WandaVision first. So, hey, listen, they're short episodes. So you're probably, probably talking about five hours of viewing. So go back and watch it. It is by far, to me, the best Disney uh, MCU show on Disney+. Plus. So go check it out. It will give you a lot more context for it. But again, if you can't, you're fine to just go watch the movie as it is anyway. You could always do it in reverse, too. Like if, like... um. He watches the movie and he's like, oh, I wonder what's wrong with her. <laughs> then she can yeah. go back to one of us. <laughs> you could. You know, you could. You could do it either way. What is I mean, wrong whatever. With this, this All right. Movie. What's next? From Murray, I can't believe this is the first Wednesday in a while where we have no MCU or Star Wars show. Yeah. Can't wait for Obi-Wan. In my opinion, they need to have these TV shows air back to back. I, again, when you have as little premium content as they have actually put out, I, I don't get like, and they don't want to do two shows at once, although they're going to do that with Obi-Wan and Ms. Marvel, which I don't understand why when you're going to still have empty dates on your calendar. But I mean, you, you look, I don't expect them to be CBS and NBC where they have eight different shows every night. But come on, guys, you're supposed to be the top tier of everything. Just have it so at least we have one premium show running. It, that's it. That's all we ask. One premium show running. So that just means you have to do one and do the more than this ridiculous six episodes. That means you can just have one show every two months. I mean, this, uh, come on, look, this is Disney. People are paying you cash. You got tons of money. You have this, you, you want to be the biggest thing in the world. Just have one show running at all times. That's what we're asking. Bluey season two. (laughs) I think Bluey's on season three right now or two. I stand corrected. Bluey, baby. (laughs) I'll be at home watching the new, you know, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and all of a sudden my TV will go blank and Bluey will come on and turn around its ring. Going back to this big lie. (laughs) All right. You're saying that didn't happen? Are you telling our viewers that that didn't happen? All right. What's next? From Suthius, so I went to the pet store and bought dozens of worms. I then put little blue black pieces of fabrics on them and just watched them wriggle around. I, I feel like that's from something. Is that a, like a? Is that a doctor? I, uh, is that a? Is I have no idea. I don't want right, to kink shame anybody, but you know. I don't know. All right, what's next? From Michael Bradley, hello John. I have an idea for excessive ads before a movie. 
how about a countdown clock on screen? At least we would know when the movie is starting. Except that you have to already be at the theater and inside the theater and at your seat to see that clock down, that countdown. That doesn't help anybody. Look, again, it's a matter of making a better movie going experience for people. You want people to come back to the theaters, make it as an enjoyable experience as possible. And telling people that a movie starts at seven and then they show up and they look at their watch and it's 725 and the damn fucking movie still hasn't started. That is not conducive to a positive movie going experience. Get your fucking heads out of your asses, you morons, and start the movie when you say the damn movie is starting. Am I a little worked up about it? You can tell there's a very big passion issue for me. All right, what's next? From CJ Rebirth, finally saw the Sweeney Todd movie. Loved it. Oh, Sweeney so Todd good. is fun. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, a, that's a really fun little movie. I enjoyed that one. It's actually one of my favorite Johnny Depp ones. Yeah. All right, what's next? From Milo Murphy, if they couldn't get Tom Cruise, they should have got RDJ to come back for a quick cameo instead. Why? What's the point? I mean, I and I honestly ask you, why? What would be the function and purpose of Robert Downey Jr. coming back to do that? <laughs> Sorry, you guys, you guys still, Jonathan still refuses to have a mic and camera in front of him. Yeah, so you guys didn't catch that. We'll, we'll let you know that later. Um, um, yeah, I just don't know what the purpose of, of it would have been. I, I Like, I don't think there's a should have scenario here. I mean, if they did, it would have been fine, I guess, but I don't think there's a should have here. All right, what's next? From Film Code Podcast, if a Hollywood couple is all we need for Fantastic Four, why not Javier Bardem and Penelope Cruz? Well, I don't think that's, I think, look, there's a couple things here. Number one, John Krasinski is just seen as a guy that everyone wants to see. As an addendum to that, well, you know what? Blunt is amazing. She's Academy-level actress. Yeah. Look at the two of them in that movie together and how good they are and blah, blah. I, I think it was more that it's not just that. I don't think fans are just going around, who's a good power couple? I think it started with John Krasinski. And it's like, well, you know what? Then Emily Blunt, look at them together. They're a power couple, blah, blah, blah. So I, I think it was more of that than it was that fans were looking for a power couple to do it. That's just my guess. All right, what's next? From Lucky BX, hi crew, just about everyone expected a multiverse of cameos. Even you guys had expectations, hence the over and under segment for possible cameos. Yeah, oh. I. but here's the thing. I don't know that I had expectations. I had speculation. Right. Say like this could happen and this could happen and this could I didn't walk in going, they better have this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy. Again, what I always tell fellow film fans is it's fun to speculate. Have all the speculation in the world. Just don't let speculation become expectation. The only 100% expectation I had was that Deadpool was not going to be in this movie. And I told you guys that. I told you guys I have a 100% guaranteed source that tells me that Deadpool, believe me when I tell you this is not speculation, it's fact, Deadpool will not be in this movie. Take that to the bank. That's the only expectation I had. But all the rest of it was just fun speculation, see who would or wouldn't be there. So as long as you don't let your speculation become expectation, Totally speculate to the stars, man. It's fun. All right, what's next? Um, I had apparently skipped one. Zach Marcello wrote in. Oh, okay. Um, what do you all think of Pew and Austin Butler being added to Dune 2? Oh, I hadn't even heard about that. Yeah, well, Florence Pugh is playing Princess Irulan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, that Aust- we knew about, right? Yeah. Austin yeah. Butler is playing Fade Rautha, who Sting played in the first Dune. Oh, wait, yeah. we did talk about that we before, did. right? Oh, I yeah. stand correct. That's what we already talked about in the story. I mean, listen, it's never a mistake to add talent, and that's definitely adding talent. Mm-hmm. I love those two choices, by the way. And I love Dune so much. I cannot wait for part two. They should have shot it back to back. All right, what's next? 
From Love Daggerborn, have you seen the new Netflix series Clark starring Bill Skarsgård? And if so, what did you think? Guys, this is Netflix. They don't advertise their content at all, so I've never even heard of it. <laughs> is anybody surprised? I've never, have you ever even heard of this? No. You heard of, Ray, you heard of this? Mm-mm. No? Okay. Yeah, it's, it's around the board. I would assume so, it's about a dude named Clark. Yeah, they are. Mm. Listen, I love a Netflix. Griswold origin story. Oh. <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> But again, Netflix is the worst streamer in the world at promoting their own content. All right, what's next? From Hooper, since Fantastic Four comes out within two to three years, do you think they should redo the origin story or take the Spider-Man route and skip it? When you say redo the origin story, though, what does that mean? The origin of them getting to know each other, the origin of getting their powers. I mean, it all depends. I, listen. This is going to be, for a lot of people, the only real Fantastic Four iteration we've ever had. I think a lot of people just refuse to acknowledge any of the other ones. Um, And I think if this is not meant as a one set of stories, but this is going to become a major cornerstone of the MCU moving forward, then I'm going to say what I don't often say about other established characters. Got to tell the origin story, I Mm -hmm. think. If this is going to become a cornerstone team of people in the in our universe i think you start with the origin story rob i absolutely agree because you have to understand how do they fit in this mcu and their origin story is going to be part of that like did they go on a space mission and get affected by gamma radiation or something or was it something different you have to know because it'll play into the stories and it'll play into their history and how we understand how they relate to everyone else. Chris? Exactly, yeah. We, we've we seen Uncle Ben die so many times. We've seen Martha and Thomas die so many times. We don't need to see them die to understand how Spider-Man becomes Spider-Man, how Batman becomes Batman, all those things. For this, because we haven't had great Fantastic Four films, we really, really need to see how they become fantastic. And in the other iterations, by because with the Spider-Man ones, the origin is always the same, mm-hmm. right? Fantastic Four, they've told different origins at different times. So we don't don't have a definitive origin for them yet. So And John, they can tell it in an interesting way. It doesn't have to necessarily start out where they tell us the story. It can be done in flashbacks. It can be done and woven into the tale that they're going to tell. Right. All right. What's next? From Young King Returns, wanted to say hi and thank you for all you do. Oh, thank you, Young King. Thank you so much for that. It's always cool when somebody just wants to write in to say something supportive and encouraging. We appreciate that, man, very much. Thank you, dude. All right. What's next? From Tim, just finished rewatching The Office. Favorite three characters. Three, Stanley. Two, Dwight. One, Kevin. Unconventional, I know, but they consistently made me laugh. I'll tell you what, if I, if there's ever something heavy going on at home or if Anne is stressed out from work, all I need to do is load up. For those, Rob has never watched The Office, obviously, but. One episode. One, Actually, one episode. Two, two. I did oh, watch, you watch uh, the Diversity second one? Day. Okay, and we got to start recording our, our uh, Rob and I got a new show coming called uh, The Office Virgin, for those of you who don't know, That's because me. Rob has never watched The Office. We're going to be going through the series with that. But whenever Anne is stressed or down, or whatever, I know all I have to do is load up on YouTube, Kevin's Chili. Yes. That's all I got to do. Load that up and play it for Anne, and she will laugh herself to tears, and it changes the mood of a room, because... You talk to anybody who's watched The Office. Kevin's Chili is like one of the most <laughs> iconic moments ever. You 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 know the yeah, one I'm talking about, so right? it's so funny and heartbreaking. No! I'm a really big fan, too, of You Got Meatballed. Yeah. Uh, you Got Meatballed! You Got What does he say in the one, like episode one? Do you want to smoke some weed? What? No. I think you do. (laughs) Kevin's the best. Anyway, okay. What's next? 
From Donut Head again. Since Lightyear is a Toy Story in-universe movie, does that make it a live action or animated film within Toy Story's world? Ooh. Oh. That is a completely irrelevant question, but one I am fascinated by. I'm going like, to wake up in the middle of the night a, being like, I don't know. And again, we saw the first half hour of uh, Lightyear, and I... I said this at CinemaCon. I believe, after just watching the first 30 minutes, I believe this will become the fourth animated film in history to be nominated for Best Picture. Mm -hmm. I, I just It just looks so good. But was it in the Toy Story universe? Is Lightyear the movie a live-action movie? Yes. yes. Yeah, I think, I'm gonna, I think I'll go with you on that yeah. one. I think, yes, in movie was a live-action movie. Ooh. That's a great question. All right, what's next? From Quindell, sending in a cheap, uh, $20 super chat. No, one below that. Oh, James Yu. Anyway, Lady Thor is a variant. Well, I don't think so because the the Mjolnir we see her with is our universe's Mjolnir. And she's talked a lot about the character. So, no, I don't think it's going to be a variant at all. All right, what's next? Now, Quindell, who sends in a $20 super chat. Thank chat. you, Quindell. Appreciate that, man. Hey, guys, two things. One, I would love variant Marvel films. And two, picture this. James Cameron Thundercats movie. Your thoughts go. Also, thank you for the daily filthy. Love you guys. I'm so over variants and multiverse bullshit. Like I'm <laughs> so over it because again, at the end of the day, you do those movies and they ultimately have no consequences. It doesn't matter because they're just pretend otherworldly things. It doesn't really matter. So I am so over it. It's crazy. James Cameron doing Thundercats. Again, I don't care normally about X director doing X movies. I'm just going to say though, if tomorrow I woke up and deadlines headline was James Cameron announces Thundercats movie. I'm there. I'm all about so that. In. I would totally. That would yes. be awesome. I have Thunder. Be awesome. Give me sight beyond sight. By the way, if you guys have never seen this, look up on YouTube, James McAvoy Thundercats. They asked James McAvoy, this is years old, but they asked James McAvoy about, you know, what movie would you love to do? And he goes, honestly, Thundercats. And he goes on this thing about explaining Thundercats and why he thinks it would be awesome. You'll, if you don't already love James McAvoy, you will love James McAvoy after hearing <laughs> oh, him talk about Thundercats. Wanting to play Lionel. Love oh, yes. That for about him. playing Lionel. It is oh. totally great. Okay, what's next? From Hooper. Hmm? Uh, oh, yes, we yeah, did we, that, that one already. Okay. You're right. uh, Minority Island Report. <laughs> <laughs> we should do we, one segment every show. Report from Minority <laughs> Island. Let's see what Bray has to say today. Why didn't they ever stop for gas in the Fast and Furious movies? They had Vin Diesel. Uh, oh, wow. Straight boy. from Minority Island, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we bring the best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, okay, that, that's not, we groan. That's not terrible. That's not terrible. Yeah, okay, right. what's next? From Ahmed E. Hey, crew, what are some of your annual film watches? Um, I, I, I'm not Star Wars, surprisingly enough. The reason Star Wars is not an annual film watch is just because every couple of months I'll just find myself watching it. Lord of the Rings is an annual watch. Uh, and then at certain times of year, like during Christmas, uh, the uh, Sims... Uh, it's a wonderful life. Not it's a wonderful life. Sorry, Christmas Carol. Mm. Sims is Christmas Carol. Um, it's a wonderful life. So that's around Christmas. Those are really the only annual ones for me. Do you have any annual ones that you try to do? Uh, you know, I watch all about Eve and Sunset Boulevard more than I probably should. That's interesting. <laughs> that's kind of all about Eve is kind of trippy. 
man, I love all about it. It's it's I think all about Eve has one of the greatest screen. Both of them have two of the greatest Fabulous. screenplays ever written. But all about Eve, if if you haven't seen it, it's got it's about it's all set in the theater, but it's got one of the great, great villainesses in all of cinema history mm-hmm. played by Ann Baxter. And, you know, it's 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 a story about making theater and i love behind the scenes stories yeah. but i watch them all the chris time. you got you and logan have any annual ones you'd like um, to do logan likes to do a james bond marathon on thanksgiving nice. we do all of our wow. christmas movies most notably muppet christmas carol well i say all of the words and logan just watches me while i quote every moment <laughs> from it and i'm like and now this puppet's gonna come out do you do it in the, the individual um, voices i do it in the voices yeah. oh I'm my god i want to be there for um that. and then a weird one we started doing because we were really drunk on boxing day is we watch all of the um uh, Fifty Shades of Grey movies, <laughs> and just like oh. a Christmas tradition, <laughs> we just make fun of it the whole time. It's real crazy. Unboxing day. Yeah, Unboxing day. Okay, <laughs> sounds like yeah, that sounds like one to do. All right, while drunk. Uh, yeah. All right, what's next? All right, from Alex Mata. Not a spoiler. The biggest pop in my theater was the pop. If you know, you know. Yep, the pop was like the the gasp was audible around the world yeah. when the pop happens. It absolutely does. All right, what's next? From TJ Thomas. Hi, guys. Two show name suggestions. One, press play. It's simple, and we have to press play for any media we have to partake in. Two, media madness, because there's a lot of media in the world, and it's crazy. Um, like thank this. you for your suggestions. Like um, press play. Press play's cute. not a bad one. Mm, I like but I that. think that might be taken. That, yeah, you that know what? I, you know taken. what? Yes, I remember. That's the first thing I thought. It's like that sounds very, very familiar. I think that one's probably taken. But it's not a bad suggestion. All right, what's next? Jordan Patterson. I just want more John Krasinski in everything. He's my favorite actor right now, and his acting at the end of Thirteen Hours makes me cry. He's great, and I, you know it's really unfortunate because coming out of the office. John Krasinski was beloved in that role, uh, you know, as Jim in the movie, and he was poised to really take off. Unfortunately, the movie they thought was going to be his launching point, which I believe the title was Leatherheads, that he did with George Clooney and I think Renee Zellweger, which, hey, you're trying, you think this guy's the next big thing? Put him in a movie as the star with George Clooney and Renee Zellweger. It's actually very, it's a great idea in theory, the problem was Leatherheads was not so good. No. And then we didn't hear from John Krasinski again, other than office stuff for a long time. I think then he popped up on, we bought a farm or we own a farm or uh, he was a supporting character in one of those movies. And then it took a little bit, it took a little while for them to get traction separated from the office again, but he has done it. John Krasinski is no longer that guy from the office. John Krasinski is John Krasinski. Yeah. Now. yeah. And uh, he's terrific, a terrific, talented guy. All right, what's next? From Andy, new names for your show. <laughs> Screen uh. Junkies, The Real Rejects, Schmonos, The View, Tech Radar, JCPenney, Panda Express, and Dick's Sporting Goods. That's the one. <laughs> of course, <laughs> Dick's Sporting Goods. Uh, I was playing on the fact that a lot of suggestions we get are already names of other things. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think some of those have potential. Some of them I wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. All right. <laughs> I like what's Sports next? Chalet, right? Okay. Sports Chalet. Sports Chalet. Yeah, nothing to do with Oh, that. I thought you said Swiss Chalet. If you're oh. Canadian, you know. Yeah, Sports Chalet. They take you to the limit. All right, what's um, next? Tochi Vector, uh, Victor, excuse me. Uh, what did you think of UFC 274? That Rose was crap. I'll tell you what, there are a few fights and few fighters I get more excited about watching the, than Rose. Thug Rose, man. That was the worst, most boring, most disappointed I've ever been in a fighter. 
That was, and wow. Ray was there watching it too. That was pathetic. Don't mince it was, words, John. It what was do you really five think? rounds of standing around doing this. There was not. There was one takedown. Really? One in the yeah, first they round, they literally threw, was just dancing they around. Threw four, they threw six strikes in the first round. Six strikes, and that's the whole thing. Um, did they get booed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did every round. It, it, and and the Rose is electric. She is electric in that in that octagon. And so I have no yeah. idea what was Who going on. There. It was it was absolutely terrible. All right. Anyway, what's next? From Zelda Master Seven Zero Two, just popping in to say go wild and go Leafs. Yeah, I'm getting nervous. Leafs uh, nodded up at two. <laughs> I am. I felt pretty confident going into that series. Not so confident now. We'll see. Great to see the Wild doing well as uh, as well. But hey, you know, uh, for those of you wondering, we're talking about hockey. Yeah, but where are they at? What what is it? The first round, second round, first what round, is, first round. This is just the first round. Series the, tied up two two. Okay. I gotta see the Leafs get out of the first damn Best round. Best out of what? Five or seven? Seven. Oh, okay. So uh, they, they gotta win a couple more. Gotta get out of the first round. <laughs> All right. What's next? That's all. Oh, that's it. Good job. And guys, that'll do it for this installment of the John Campy Show. Thank you so much, guys, for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in those super chats. Number one, because he gave us great fun things to talk about. Number two, uh, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the show, thank you guys so much for your support. Also, who? what's the guy's name? Brian? Brian Wade. Yeah. A big shout out to Brian again, who before the show even started today, started sending in a bunch of support on Super Chat badges as well. So thank you to Brian and everybody else who did that as well. Guys, don't forget the John Campy Show returns again tomorrow. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Click the thumbs up button. Leave comments down below. All that stuff helps the channel, and it's great that you do. Make sure you check out our sponsors as well. A little bit later today, we've got a new episode of Mailbag coming. Keep your guys' eyes open for that. And I want to thank the people sitting around the table with me. First of all, Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Instagram, John, at RM Burnett. Can you find me there too? And Burnett yeah. RM on Twitter. Find me on my own YouTube channel, Post Geek Singularity, and on TikTok at Post Geek Singularity. You know what? Ooh. I got on Instagram and I, I searched for Robert Meyer Burnett, and all I got were these random images of some star wars porn parody so i had no idea what was what i don't know what was going on <laughs> sitting over there chris carr chris where can people find you uh you can find me on socials at, at actor chris carr with chris with a k car with two r's of course ray or who's been joining you guys in the live chat today yep. ray, ray, you where can you find, find me and henry cavill at ray Oro with a zero um all and then you guys can follow me on instagram and on twitter simply at john campia a little bit of a programming note um, I, I did announce yesterday that my mom has some health issues right now and I'm kind of on standby, not really knowing when I need to jump on a plane and fly home because of that. We didn't do any of the prep stuff to do movie club. So there will be no movie club this week. Uh, just to let you know, just because things are kind of, you know, scheduling wise, we're all over the place right now. So there's no movie club this week. Just want to let you guys know that, but don't forget to join us tomorrow and make sure you watch mailbag a little bit later today, guys, that'll do it for all of us for now. Thanks a lot for being here. My name is John. Campia, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye.